Blog Talk Radio. show that's going on as far as our locals here. Uh, our locals are a big part of our show. Why? Because Rowlett Eagles varsity football is kicking off real soon at the end of August. We are kicking it in and going in there. So our sponsors are getting all lined up. we got some returning sponsors, some great sponsors, getting some new ones as well. Our commercials will change here. You'll find here shortly uh, within the next couple of weeks our kind of our regular commercials and things. There will be still some of those, but we'll see some new ones mixed in as we are closing in on some new deals for new sponsors for Rowland Eagles Varsity Football, which includes a play of their uh, commercial on this show. That's being That being said, uh, on our weekly show or any other show that we decide to do, uh, we, we'll put those in there. So, uh, But, again, flying, Hans, uh, flying like Han Solo, all by himself, no Wookiee, but. That means no Cuervo today is what's going on. So, you know, hopefully we can get through um, at this time. Don't know if I'll do the full three hours without Cuervo. However, I have been known to do it. It just depends on how how it goes. So we will definitely give it a whirl. I just got done setting all the posts for our show uh, in all of the places that we do it on uh, uh, Facebook and things of that sort. Now, folks, if you want to be part of the Couch Potato Sports Show, and this is for my locals, the local businesses. By the way, folks, we've been getting a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Of, in case I didn't tell you, there's a lot of businesses that we are getting. So with the businesses signing on and getting ready to go means, you know, yeah. More people out there giving us a listen, you can get your commercial out there, and that's what we're hoping for. So that having been said, that's the name of this show. Of course, we are set and ready to rock and roll. Uh, And what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and start it off like we normally do, that in case Cuervo is getting a high and tight, and that would be the military uh, haircut that he gets we, uh, weekly. We start our champions indoor football until he gets in, but he won't be in, so we'll talk about champions indoor football. So exciting stuff that happened last night. Five games on 
half of last night. Five of them. Count them one, two, three, four, five like LeBron. <laughs> but five games on tap last night. And an exciting weekend of football. The playoffs are beginning to take shape. We have eight spots open. Six have been taken with one still open on the top three on the north or on the south. That could be taken by one of two teams. We're going to talk about all that since we don't have to worry. Uh, you know, we can talk as long as we can or want because we're not going to get Cuervo unless he decides to pop in. So we'll kick it off and kick it into Champions Indoor Football. We're five games up on tap uh, last night. The Texas Revolution were taking on the Duke City Gladiators. Quad City was taking on the Venom. And let me just click this page right here. Yeah, Quad City uh, – Quad Cities was taking on the Venom. Uh, the Bucks were taking on the Beast. And the Bandits were taking on the Phantoms. And the Liberty were taking on the Force. And just as normal as you take a look at the season and what it's been about, really one out of those four was maybe, if you want to call it a blowout, I do. I uh, don't mean any disrespect to the other team that got blown out. But there was a game that would be considered a blowout last night, and that would be the Bandits as they were in Kansas City. They were on the road without the head coach. Who is doing the hula over in Hawaii, Irv Strobing in Hawaii uh, with his wife? I think it's their wedding anniversary. I think that's the reason why uh, they're over there. Uh, so Irv handed it over to his assistant coaches, and it still got done. Um, as far as that's concerned, the Bandits, 72, the Kansas City Phantom, 47. Now, this game this game started out in the first quarter, you know, neck and neck. The first frame only played to an 8-7 score. So moving into the second quarter, Sioux City only had a one-point lead. Then they stretched their legs a little bit. In the second frame, they outscored the Kansas City Phantom 30-14. to 14, And for, after that, it was just smooth sailing for the rest of it in reality. Outscoring the Phantom 13-6 to 6 in the third frame and 21-20 in the fourth frame, where you usually see teams who are behind try to get back into it but don't score enough. And if you score enough in the fourth frame and you have the lead going into it, if you outscore your team, you're going to get the win. And it's 72 to 47 before this one was all said and done. And some great performances out on the football field as the defensive, the reigning, defending, defensive player of the week. He got two more interceptions. And they, the, the stats were incorrect, but uh, – Solomon St. Pierre had two interceptions last night. And so the defensive stats are a little bit messed up, and it's just what's going on. Uh, So hopefully the stats I'll give you here regarding this game are correct, and I think they are. Donovan Portier, he was 24-36, 192 yards, four touchdowns. He had two interceptions in that game, but he used his legs and got in for a touchdown as well. So the interceptions, that's where it started. 
and that was a crazy, crazy situation. It started in that second quarter before uh, Nadler, the quarterback of the Sioux City Bandits, 7 of 14, didn't have to do a lot. 7 of 14, only 85 yards, three touchdown passes, one interception. And uh, four touchdowns from Darren Miller on the offensive side of the or Darian Miller on the offensive side of the ball. Twelve rushes, seventy-two yards, eleven rushes, eighty-one yards, two touchdowns for Virgies, Daryl Virgies. So seven rushing touchdowns. Frederick Bruno got in as well. He was eight rushes for forty yards. Really. Sioux City had this one in hand starting in the second quarter, and then they just coasted to the end. And the Phantoms, good football team, they stayed in and tried to fight the battle, put in a good fight from the reigning uh, MVP of last year, Donovan Portier, at the quarterback position. And that shaped the champions indoor football north and south conferences a little bit with the loss for the phantoms as they are fighting for a wild card and the bandits kind of solidifying themselves right now in the second seat right now we'll talk about those standings and just that was a good plus plus the best play by play gary erickson ellen bolt for the bandits love listening to him in fact um, that's who I turned down and that's who I listened to through the whole night. Yes, Sonny Clark had his two le- uh, desktop computers up, his Roku, 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 however you say it, TV set up, and his laptop, and I had the Amazon Fire going for all five of them. Now, these games kicked off at different times. They had earlier uh, kickoff, uh, so we were able to uh, watch an early game, and that was the force. Uh, taking on the Liberty, and then uh, the Venom kicked off at 6 o'clock, taking on the Steam Wheelers, and then the other games, uh, the Beef, uh, the Revolution Gladiators, Bucks and Beef, uh, uh, all kicked off as well. So um, good games as well. So now the second game that was up on tap that, and now we see that one was kind of a blowout. So now we move to the next game that was, Close. And the next game that was close ended up with the Venom getting a victory 68-55 to over the Steam Wheelers, who got a very impressive uh, win last week. But they had to take the long drive, and that was the thing that was really, you know, someone asked me who I thought was going to win the game. And out of no disrespect to the Steam wheelers, that's a long road trip. It's not a short one, folks. This is a long road trip to get to Amarillo. And I'm going to tell you, I would have picked the steam wheelers if this game was at home. So this one here had the long drive involved with whoever was taking it. Because I think the steam wheelers would have won this game at home. Because they gave a great big Fight. And I'm talking a big fight in this game. As the Venom started off 14 to 7 in the first frame, and then outscored Quad City uh, Steam Wheelers 26 to 18 in the second frame, but 
that's when the Steam Wheelers defense tightened their belts. Quad City in the third frame outscored the Venom eight to seven. So they only got one of the points back, but they tightened the belt on the defense, but they couldn't outscore the Amarillo Venom enough in the fourth frame to get back into it. As the Quad City Steam Wheelers actually outscored Amarillo 22 to 21 in the fourth quarter. So that second quarter where the Amarillo Venom got up on top of this game, that's where it all changed. That's where it was all at. And that second quarter was a big one as the Amarillo Venom started off with Raymond Johnson. They continued uh, uh, with Raymond Johnson. They continued with Raymond Johnson uh, a little bit later in the quarter. And then a little bit later in the second quarter, they got Raymond Johnson. Three touchdowns in the second quarter coming from Raymond Johnson and Nate Davis. Nate Davis, 28 of 43, 326 yards, eight touchdowns. Now, he didn't use his legs. He didn't need to. So he just used his arms. Six of those, Raymond Johnson's, eight catches. Yards. Ricardo Johnson also got one as well. Six catches, 47 yards, and a touchdown. And Terrell Smith, two catches, 41 yards, and a touchdown. Xavier Amy had a good game. Six catches, 108 yards. No touchdowns, but a good game for him. Nate Davis getting the ball to a lot of players, two of them in triple digits. And then rushing the football. Yeah, there were no huge numbers rushing as Nate Davis led the team with 15 on five attempts. So they were doing it through the air. E.J. Hilliard had a good game. He was 12 of 22, 183 yards for the steam wheelers, six touchdowns, but he did have that interception. He also used his legs. He had seven touchdowns in this game. The reigning, defending offensive player of the week kept it going. And then two rushes, two rushing touchdowns for Rudd and Hicks for the Steam Wheelers, as well as one for Pedroza and Tyler Williams. So this one was a good game, and we've seen where a team like the Amarillo Venom at home, number one, they stepped it up. Number two, if you are a team that are traveling far to play the Amarillo Venom, you have to set yourself up for that and be ready for fatigue. Be ready for the long drive. Be ready to take the field after a long drive. And maybe you need to get there early. And I don't know how teams are going to be able to do that, but that long drive to Amarillo or maybe even that long drive to Duke City, because we're going to talk about them in a moment, it's all about conditioning and mental setup for a long drive that way. But that was a good game last night. Very much enjoyed that one as well. Then the next closest game, and by the way, I forgot about the biggest blowout. I, I just I forgot about it. The Gladiators all over the Texas Revolution. However, the, the Gladiators knocked out the quarterback, Andrew Jackson, for the Revolution. And after that, that's all she wrote. 
Gladiators defensively were just pouring it on. Defensively, and I'm not even going to talk about the offensive stats in reality because it was all about the Gladiator defense. They had 10 tackles for losses last night in that game. They had two forced fumbles. They also had an interception. So it, it, it was a big, big-time game defensively. Now, they didn't get any sacks. But defensively, they put the heat on the quarterback all day long. And that was Joe Adams who was handling the quarterback duties for the Texas Revolution as well as Cody Berry. Mark that. At my understanding, someone told me that it was Joe Adams, but it was actually Cody Berry for, you know, 10 yards passing. He used his legs a lot, 14 rushes, only 20 yards. So when you lose Andrew Jackson on the third play of the game, you see, something, something happened. The stats in this one are incorrect as well. So I, I don't want to go through the stats as far as that's concerned because I think they're messed up because it was the third offensive play they lost Andrew Jackson. Andrew Jackson had a lot of stats. So I think they just did not see that Andrew Jackson was out of the game on the third play offenses on the uh, offensive side for the revolution. But no, the gladiators got all over him. Not only that, Sonny Clark got a shout out last night from the coach of the Duke City Gladiators. And we're going to talk about another game a little bit later. But Quad City was playing better than anyone. The defense was best in the league. And asking the question would be, Todd Mintz, what happened? Well, I have that answer. <laughs> I have that answer. They they ran they just ran into a different team. Uh, the long drive, guys. Remember, they're coming from just a little bit northwest of Chicago from Moline, Illinois. They had to go all the way down to Texas. So it's a long drive. And that's a, and I don't know how much you heard of this type, but I would pick Steam Wheelers if that game was in Quad City. Regardless how good that the Amarillo Venomar. That road, that long road trip was the big difference because this is a totally different game when we're talking about the Quad City Seamwheelers probably winning the game if they were at home. So that was the difference. That was what happened. A long road trip is what happened. But there were two games last night that really, really kind of, you know, kept you going. And I'm going to start with the Salina Liberty, who got the victory over the Wichita Force. In this game, you know, I, I wasn't even paying attention to a lot as much as I pay attention to other games. Why? Because the Wichita Force had the Salina Liberty by the throat, and they let him go. They started off in the first quarter, in the first frame, Wichita was on top of Salina 10 to nothing, and before you know it, The Wichita Force, at one point in this game, had a 31-21 lead. I marked that, 31-14 lead. And then at halftime, the Liberty were down 38-21. to that is, See, I thought this game was over. And this is a short, a short road trip 
for the Salina of Liberty. So even though they're on the road, but it's a short one. These are the ones that you've got to really, really lace them up. And you've got to really, really be ready. And the Liberty, we're not ready for this game. 38-21, I was watching the other games until all of a sudden before I looked back over to the screen on my far left, which was where that game was on, the Liberty were back in it in the third, uh, at the beginning of the fourth quarter, 41-35. to Then they outdid themselves. They started going, then Salina just, you know, they got the touchdown to take the lead with Pargo with a 19-yard rush, then Derek Bernard with a 12-yard rush. They took the lead 42-41, to and then Pargo another 17-yard catch for a touchdown, 49-41. to Then Wichita got back in there with Chris Hempel's two-yard uh, pass from Rocky Hines and the two-point conversion. It failed. They were going for the tie. It failed. And then Salina got a Derek Bernard two-yard run for a touchdown. And that's the way that game ended up. But Rocky Hines, 29, 134 yards, five touchdowns. The big number, the big stat in his stat line, it's not his rushing, even though he only rushed the ball three times for a negative one yard. It was the three interceptions that really gave the game back to the Salina Liberty and got him back into it as Derek Bernard took advantage of it. 18 to 31, 226, four touchdowns. He used his legs and got two touchdowns as well on 14 attempts for 23 yards. And Dominique Carson, he got two touchdowns, 10 rushes, 30 yards. Rashard Pargo, seven catches, 81 yards, two touchdowns. Julian Stafford, five catches, 61 yards, and a touchdown. And Carson also got one on the receiving end, four catches, 51 yards, and one touchdown as well. But Salina had to come back in this one as the force really had this game in hand at a halftime. I really did. I, I just thought, maybe, you know, the road woes that the Liberty have had sometime this year, this one came back and got them. But I'm going to tell you that there is a coach in this league in Haran O'Neal. This is a guy that did not panic. And he does not panic, by the way. This is not the animated coach that will get all of his players at halftime. This is the guy who's always seems to be even keeled. Went in at halftime, even keeled. No yelling, no screaming, just got focused. Made sure everybody knew where they needed to be. Made the adjustments that made this game as good as it was. And Kudos to Haran O'Neal to get back into this game because a loss here would definitely have affected the standings in the north to where the Liberty would not be sitting on top of that right now. Again, we're going to talk about that a little bit later. Sonny Clark flying solo, by the way, again, for folks that go, hey, where's Cuervo? Cuervo's the real star of this show. No Cuervo today. I'm Han Solo flying without my Wookiee, okay? And I said it before. I'll say it again. That didn't sound <laughs> sounded weirder than what it did in my brain before I said it out loud. But then we get to the final game. I had five games, and I actually watched six. I watched another game in the different league last night as well because one of my buddies is one of the coaches over there, so I was – 
giving him a look up. The eagle eye Bill Cerna. The eagle eye is an assistant coach for the Carolina Cobras. So I was watching that one on a small phone that I don't even use anymore that but got connected. So I, I actually in reality had six indoor football games all going at once. It was great. But the game of the night and it was a great game because all day long. Okay. To me records don't mean anything. I want to know about the effort from the team. A team could be in disarray, but the effort week in, week out, out on the football field, you can tell who's putting it in and who's not. And the Beef have finished their season. they played all 12 games. They do not play next week in the final week. But the Beef take the loss to the Bismarck Bucks, and, folks, this went into overtime. Folks, this went into inches. As in overtime, the Omaha Beef did not score. In fact, the ball was stripped away in overtime from wide receiver. And then the Bismarck Bucks got the ball. And they couldn't drive it very far either, so they bring in the kicking unit. And sure enough, folks, and here's the ruling. I've got, folks, I mean, I had bing, ding. You, you ought to see my Facebook it was dinging. I felt like I was, uh, you know, a, you know, a Christmas, uh, you know, Christmas jingles going on. Ding, 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 ding. I'm, I'm telling you. But the kick for the Bismarck. There's another part about the kickers for the Bismarck Bucks, Espinoza went in, and he hit a field goal after. Now, here's the ruling, folks. Everybody saw it. It hit the right upright, and it bounced off but did not go all the way through. But contraire, mon frere, on what the rules are. And for those that didn't see it, because obviously when you're watching it on a stream, and it's not completely HD. And this comes from the head officials who, the, the head of officiating from the CIF, who was actually the guy that made this call. When the ball hit the up, it cringed up to, if you're looking at the upright, it went left, but it actually at the top part hit the net, which when it hit the net, the nets were right almost directly on the uprights, which in turn, it bounced a little bit forward. And from one angle, you could see when it was on its way back all the way down to the ground, it did not go through, but it hit the nets up on the top. It after it hit the upright, which in turn moved it forward, and it didn't actually go all the way through. And the rules, the rules are that if it hits the net, it is good. So that whole thing, when you saw that, and you saw that ball look like it didn't go through, 
You have to go back in the video and watch it, and it's hard to see. And again, the head of officials was actually on the field is the guy who made that call. And when it hit the top right, upright, it bounced off of the net, and that's what in turn made it not go all the way through. If the net was back about a foot, it would have went through. Instead, it was right up on the upright, which made it bounce forward, which on the replay makes it look like the football did not go through. So that is what happened. That's how, and that's how it was called. And uh, so that, but overtime game, and frankly, to be honest, I was watching this game as well because there was a lot of things involved in this game that I was keeping track on. But if you go to the stats on the night, I'm not sure how accurate these stats are, but Gibbs, 9 of 16, 86 yards, uh, no touchdown passes, but an interception. John Gibbs ran two in with his legs at the quarterback position, eight rushes, 30 yards, 14 catches, 33 yards, and a touchdown for Jeffrey Mack. But no touchdown passes. And the Bismarck Bucks, I thought they, you know, watching the game, 17 of 30, 182 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. And a close game like that, that could have spelled the difference. But it didn't. And Aiken also used his legs one time for a touchdown as well. He rushed the ball 12 times for 43 yards. So a total of uh, three touchdowns for Aiken. Two interceptions, that normally is the difference in this game. But it was the goal post and the net that was the difference in this game. Because I'm going to tell you, if that net was not as close of what it was, it would have went through after it hit it because it wouldn't have you know, hit the net maybe. Who knows? That's one of those things, who knows? It's just the way it was set up and the way the nets were set up there we could be talking about something different. We could be talking about the beef getting the victory, maybe because they would have got the ball back and maybe they would have scored, maybe not. So just to put it into the controversy and all the ding, 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 dings that I got, I mean, after that kick, I got dings all over the place. Suddenly that didn't go through. Yes, I know it didn't go through. The, the replay clearly shows it didn't go through. You're absolutely right. It didn't. But what the replay did show is after it hit the top right, it hit the nets, and our direct, our, our head of officials was the one that actually made that call. So that's what that whole thing was. Another thrilling week in Champions Indoor Football because it molded where we are as far as the playoffs are concerned. And, folks, I'm going to tell you, We've got a great one brewing right now in Champions Indoor Football. We're going to go down to the last week of the season. Of course, we're talking about week 15. And the interesting scenarios on who's making, who's not, and all that. Yes, Sonny's got the scoop. So let's talk about that, okay? And let's start in the north as far as Champions Indoor Football is concerned. Let's talk about where teams are. 
So let's head to the North and Champions Indoor Football. That saw with the victory, the Salina Liberty improved to 8-3, and three, and they are actually on top of the North Conference. Followed by the Sioux City Bandits, who are in second place, and I'll explain the reason why here in just a moment. They're 8-3. and three. The Quad City uh, Steamwheelers are 7-4. and four, And the Bismarck Bucks, with the victory, improved to 5-6. and six. Now, knowing the way Champions Indoor Football are doing the playoffs, it's the top three teams in each conference that make an automatic bid to the playoffs. So we have four in this North that have clinched playoff spots. That would be Salina, Sioux City, Quad Cities, and Bismarck with the victory. They went ahead and earned a playoff spot, so they're one of the two wild cards that were available. That means there's only one wild card left. So let's hop over to the South and let's talk about the top three. As of right now, Duke City, 9-2, and two, in fact, owned the best record in champions in fo- indoor football. The Amarillo Venom with the victory improved to 7-3. and three. And the team right now, right now, have qualified for the playoffs are the Wichita Force. Now, right now, they own the third spot. With the bad victory or with the bad defeat last night, Texas is now four and seven out on the season. Three teams are biting and fighting and trying to get their way into the playoffs. That includes the Wichita Force, the Texas Revolution, as well as the Kansas City Phantoms and the Omaha Beef. Mark that four teams now battling for the last playoff spot. And in reality, it's five. Why do you say that, Sonny? Because this is what happens. The Texas Revolution, if they get the victory next week, the Texas Revolution could move into the spot right now that the Wichita Force are in, which is third place, which is the top three. Now, Wichita right now holds the head-to-head advantage over the Texas Revolution. But what happens is if the Wichita Wild will get one of the wild cards if Texas wins the third seed in the South, and the Texas Revolution can get into the third seed of the South. You're like, Sonny, how is that? Well, it's because of strength of schedule, folks. And that is one of the things that could be the difference. If Wichita loses next week their final game and they're taking on the Duke City Gladiators and the Texas Revolution win their game. Now, the Texas Revolution do not have an easy game at all as the Texas Revolution will be at home and they'll be taking on the Amarillo Venom. If the Revolution win that game, the Revolution will secure the third spot of the top three that get automatic bids for the playoffs. 
So that's where it is if Wichita loses. Now, if Wichita wins somehow against the Gladiators, Wichita will wrap up that third spot. And then it gets a little bit crazy. If Wichita wins, they're going to get that third spot for the automatic bid. Then it will be Texas that will be fighting for the playoff spot, Omaha and Kansas City. And it works out kind of like this. Omaha's already in the bank. They're 4-8. So they are rooting for teams to lose. And there's a reason why they are. They're still in the playoffs. If Texas and Kansas City both lose, Omaha, Kansas City, and Texas will have the 4-8 record, but the strength of schedule is on the Omaha beef side because all those three teams would be 4-8 and eight if Texas and Kansas City loses. And if they do that, Omaha will grab up the last playoff spot, wild card spot. Now, here's the deal. Wichita will get the wild card again if Texas wins, and they will automatically get that spot because they got the head-to-head over the other teams. So just be ready for that. Kansas City holds the three-way head-to-head advantage over Omaha and Texas. So Kansas City will be out of be ahead of that spot on the head-to-head if, and that's if, the Texas Revolution lose. So that's kind of the way it works right now. The third spot in the South is really kind of holding up on how it will end up happening. Now, if Texas wins the third spot, that would mean Texas would have to beat the Amarillo Venom and the Wichita or the Wichita Force lose that game. Wichita falls down fighting for the three spots, and they would be four and eight. And Wichita would get that spot regardless because of the strength of schedule. They would be four and eight with Omaha and Kansas City. Their strength of schedule is at six thirty four. Everybody else's strength of schedule is in the 500. So that's the way that whole thing works. So craziness in champions indoor football, craziness on trying to figure out who's going to make it. But here's some more scenarios just to keep you going, okay? Duke City can clinch the overall number one seed with a win or a Sioux City loss. Salina can clinch the number one seed in the North with a win next week. And Salina has the Phantoms next week. By the way, Sioux City, Sioux City is at home and they have the Bismarck Bucks who have already wrapped up a playoff spot. Salina can clinch a first-round home playoff game with a win or a Sioux City loss, just so that you kind of keep track of that. Now, on to Sioux City. Sioux City can clinch the number one seed with a win and a Salina loss. 
Sioux City can clinch a first-round home playoff game with a win. Sioux City also can clinch the number one overall seed with a win and a loss by the Duke City Gladiators and the Salima Liberty. So, big-time stuff there. Now, let's go to Quad Cities. Now, Quad Cities, if they get the victory next week, and it's an exhibition game, they will improve to 8-4. and four. Now, this is the way it will work out. Quad City can clinch the number one seed with losses by Salina and Sioux City. And again, Salina is in Kansas City, and Sioux City is at home against the Bucks. And I'll get to you here in just a second. That having been said, now Quad City can clinch a first-round home playoff game with a Salina loss or a Sioux City loss and finish with a better strength of schedule than Sioux City. So just keep that in mind. That's the way they can clinch a first-round bye. Hold on. Let me just – okay. All right. All right. Now, that also being said, getting back, I talked about Texas. Texas can clinch the third seed with a win and a Wichita loss. Texas can clinch at least the wild card berth with a win. So Texas controls their own destination or destiny. And we talked about Omaha can clinch with a wild card with a loss by both Texas and Kansas City. Kansas City can clinch a wild card with a win and a Texas loss. So that's the way it works out. That's the playoff scenario in champions indoor football. Now I'm going to move over to, because Todd was asking questions as we went in. Um, The Omaha announcer said they were eliminated. Don't listen to the Omaha announcer. I just told you the way they are. They are still alive in it. So just so that you know, Um, Kansas city does have three wins, but the Omaha said that they were eliminated. Just don't listen to that. The Omaha announcer doesn't know the breakdown like like I do. So that those are the scenarios. So he probably didn't know about the strength of schedule numbers, and that's the reason why. Probably just going by numbers. But the strength of schedule and the tiebreaker and the way that it could end up, that's usually the reason why I don't talk about it until this week or sometimes I don't even talk about it at all and just wait until the end of week 15, then the answers are done. But a lot of people were dinging me last night, especially after the missed field goal or the made field goal that looked like it missed from the Bismarck Bucks. Believe me, that ball bounces out and doesn't go through. It completely changes a lot of things as far as the playoff scenarios are concerned. Because then, at that point, you've got the beef winning that game, and it throws a complete and utter monkey wrench into what we just talked about and then saying people would move and everything else, uh, which, you know, which Wichita would have definitely clinched the playoff spot and that third seed. So, and just so everybody knows, you know, as you can hear, I'm getting dinged right and left as it is.
and get that. All right, so the distraction, I believe, uh, yeah, you, you have to believe me because I'm the one with the scoop. Uh, Kansas City, in order for them to get in, would be crazy. So, um, so that's where we're at and get it all set and ready to go. And uh, just to let everybody know, all right, so what I'm going to do now, because I'm going to bring in Brian Tarvin. He is the host of Way In Sports Talk. Uh, he is going to join me as I'm flying solo, like on solo, without my Wookiee. That's my favorite line of the day. All right, so that is Champions Indoor Football. We're going to take our first break because when Brian Tarvin comes in, I want him to hop in and be up and ready to go. So that being said, of course, that's the name of the show. You're listening to the Sunday morning tradition that happens each and every week. We like to thank everybody and for everybody doing and our sponsors. We just got re up from the Bullet Experience. Now, Melvin Bullet, uh, his brother or his, uh, his brother Jerry and his brother Melvin, uh, Melvin and Terrence, all professional football players. One in Canada and two in the NFL. One might still get in the NFL. They are the Bullet Experience. They up again for the uh, sponsorship of Rowlett Eagles football. That means they're on the sponsorship for today's show. We'll hop into our break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. It's that being said. We'll be right back. At the Jerry Bullet Training Center, we are a motivated team of coaches with the mindset of helping you achieve and reach your highest goals. Having developed and trained over 100 Division I athletes as well as Division II athletes, even professional athletes, the Bullet Team definitely has the knowledge and mindset to take you to the next level. Check out our new 22,000 square foot facility and 3,000 square foot weight room along with 4,500 square feet of outdoor turf and covered training area along with football and soccer field. Contact Melvin Bullen at 214-326-7853 or visit their brand new facility just outside of Waterview at 8900 Princeton Road in Rowlett. At Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience, so roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors. Proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. It always happens. 6 p.m. on a Saturday night and your heater or air conditioner goes out. What are you going to do? All the heating and air conditioning people are closed. How about 24-hour service available at 5-Star HVAC Contractors? You can be sure to be serviced amazingly fast. That's 5-Star HVAC Contractors serving Relev 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. 214-457-8441. Call the experts at 5-Star HVAC Contractors.
Let Spirit Outfitters be your home for any of your specialty needs. Spirit Outfitters can do it all. Whether it's screen printing, custom apparel, spirit gifts, or embroidery, Spirit Outfitters has you covered. Need personalized apparel? We can do that. Want something just for you? We can do that also. Spirit Outfitters will let your imaginations run wild. Give them a call at 972-412-3440 or visit their showroom at 3538 Lakeview Parkway, Suite 101 in Rowlett. Or check them out on the web as well at thespiritoutfitters.com. We can never make talking about insurance as exciting as the Kentucky Derby. However, we can make it interesting to see how much we can help you save money on your car insurance. Check out Coslow Insurance at Rowlett Road and Main Street in Rowlett, or check them out on the web at coslowinsurance.com, where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh? This is Sunday Clark Radio Voice of your Rowlett Eagles letting you know about Fit Body Boot Camp. What makes Fit Body Boot Camp a unique fitness program is the value of consistent coaching with a professional fitness trainer in a group environment that generates exceptionally high levels of fitness results. At Rowlett Fit Body Boot Camp, we offer complete fitness programs unlike any other that you've tried before. Our program it consists of unlimited group training sessions, fully customized nutrition planning, and a result tracking system designated to ensure our members achieve their fitness goals. Contact Tom or Mark at Fit Body Boot Camp located at 2502 Lawling Lane in Rowlett, Texas, or give them a call at 214-888-2848, or visit them on the web at www.rowlettfbbc.com. done at a certain time, but guess what? It worked out, because who do I got online? Of course, hold on. Now, I, now all I've got to do is just find the eyes for intro and hit that button right there. It's the good old boy himself. Just a good old boy. Brian Tarvin on the Sunday never morning, the fine no host of Way in Sports Talk. How you doing, my friend? Long time no here. How are things going on in Atlanta? Hot, Atlanta. Oh, it's, it's, it's doing good, but it's hot, Sonny. It's Atlanta, and it's June. It's hot. Yes, it's June. It's hot, and everything is hot. Even the, it, uh, just you walk out of a building that's been air-conditioned, and you feel like you just gained 10 pounds as soon as you hit the, as soon as you hit the air Sonny, outside. I'll, 
I want to go. I want to go. I wish the Braves would build a dome and play baseball inside because hell, I can't go to a game with this kind of temperature. Oh, it, that's a good point. Well, and same thing down here in Texas. I mean, whereas they the new stadium, they're building the stadium that's putting a dome on it, so it's supposed to be ready in a couple of years. But until then, you know, I went to the first year I was here, and that was in 2006 for a baseball season. The first year I was here. And uh, mark that, 2005. And we went out to a game, and we were in the shade. We, we left in the fourth inning. I mean, it, it just it is it's just so unbearably hot. And this is coming from a guy who went to the Diamondback games that had the dome on and had the air conditioner running through the damn thing. Yeah, I just I would go I would go to a lot of games if it was inside. Even the night games are terrible. So, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's just too hard to go. I can't believe these fans are out there watching this. You gotta, you gotta be a diehard. I, I, I would believe, or you just really don't mind the heat, which I, I don't know how anybody can. It's just so bad. But uh, now, hey, I'm glad you called older, in. Older we get, the hotter it is, Sonny. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 Go hey, ahead. Now, I'm sorry. I didn't haven't heard from you, you in a while. And there's been a lot of things that have been going on. I've been watching your Way In Sports Talk Facebook page, as I always do. And some interesting things coming off of your Way In Sports Talk and some opinions coming your way. So I'm going to let you get it out there. Um, it, this was even before what is going on. You, you took a look at where Houston was. We're hopping into the NBA, where Houston was as far as this series was with the Golden State Warriors, everything I've read, you were on Houston to be all set. What happened? What do you think happened in that whole thing? Uh, Chris Paul went out. That's, that, that's that, what happened. Yep. I mean, you, got, you know, you go up three to two, and you know you're going to lose game six in Golden State for the most part. But that seventh game, you just need to beat a team like Golden State. You have to have your best. And when you lose – Honestly, your best player, your most experienced player, that's what's going to happen, your point guard. I'm sorry, James Harden's not a point guard. I'm sorry. He he chokes about every time when it comes. He's like Kevin and, Durant. And he's he's going to choke. Yeah, are you there? Oh, I'm sorry. What did you say? Yeah, I lost you. I said, I said he's lazy. Harden is lazy. You, and we've seen yeah, it a couple of times in that. Yeah, I mean, Chris Paul, I mean, Golden State's lucky. I mean, they're lucky to to get out of that series, and honestly, they're lucky to get out of game one this past one. But I don't know, Houston's going to have to – I think they need a younger version of Chris Paul, really. I'm not a big Chris Paul fan, but I just think he's injury-prone right now. And I just – I don't know. It's just can you be to steal a game on the road and Golden State like uh, to come back and take a three to two lead and then choke it away. That's got to be painful yeah. for a Houston fan. Definitely. And uh, you're right. And that's what I brought it down to is I, I looked at that injury to Chris Paul and I said, that's pretty much all she wrote when that went down. And it's not because this guy controls the court. Okay. But the experience factor alone, I mean, Harden is going to hold on to the ball and you're, it, what's going to happen is, is that, Chris Paul will benefit from Harden having the ball, and that's what ends up happening. But after that, Harden didn't really have any place to go by himself, and he didn't do good. And what was it? How many? 27 
27 missed three pointers in that game. You know, God, how can you do that? that I'm going to the, if I'm the head coach, you know, I'm the owner, I'm going to the head coach, I'm going to walk down there and say, hey, can you have them stop shooting the threes? You know, maybe after 15 or 16 in a row, say, hey, can you <laughs> maybe get it under the bucket and see if someone can get open and put it off the glass? I mean, because, I mean, what was what was the number? Was it 26 or 27 missed uh, threes in that game? I think it was 27, I believe. Pathetic. Pathetic. And, you know, yeah. and, and you just can't let things like that happen when you're, you know, fight, fighting for to get into the finals of the NBA because Especially that home. stat alone will have you wiped out of the – that stat alone – if you somehow figured out how to beat Golden State, would get you wiped out of the uh, of the finals. That's that alone. Now you give me twenty seven threes, I'm gonna hit ten of them at least. That's not great, but that's that's a hell of a lot better than zero. That's thirty points yep. at least. Yep. So and, and you know, the, like you said, if they hit ten of those twenty seven, they win that game. So you. Yeah, I, I get it. You live and die by what gets you there, but at some point you got to move away from it, and, and that goes up on to the coach in reality. Nick, that's, about, when, that's exactly what I was about to say. That's it. Dan Tony, he's a choke artist. There's the, there is a thing that people I, I I I understand how having that players coach helps you. But when you don't have that coach that is the guy that says, knock off this nonsense, um, it, you, it, when things like this happen. Now, obviously, even, like you said, even 10 of 27, okay, 10 of 27 wins you the game and then you don't have to say anything. But, geez, after shot, after shot, after shot, after the 16th or 17th or 18th or 19th time, if you're, the head coach said, if next one that shoots a three is going to get fined $10,000, you know, and get that ball underneath the basket, and then that would be take care, take care of it. But he didn't, and that's the problem with being a player's coach. He lets his team take too much uh, rain over the game, especially in a bad time like that. You gotta, all I got to say is you got to recognize when you're in a slump. And 0 for 15, 0 for 17, 0 for 20, 0 for 21. How many you got to go before you realize that, hey, maybe this is not working for us tonight? Well, well, what's the, the rule? If you're a great shooter, you keep shooting until you make it. Well, I don't think Houston has any great shooters. Right. Adding to the, the misery of what you're doing. I mean, you should go inside, get a few layups, and then kick it out and try your luck again. But you have to have some kind of inside game. But Golden State – had zero respect for him inside, so I mean, it was open if they wanted to go, but they didn't. Right? Yep, they didn't. You're absolutely right. So, it is this one of those things, and that you know, yeah, that that whole thing, you know, to get us to where we are in the playoffs, as far as the NBA is concerned. Now we're in the playoffs. Now we got LeBron. Now we got the Cavs for the fourth year in a row. I'm, I don't, you know, I don't even care about that. But what I care about is hearing that, uh, you know, day after day, minute after minute, hour after hour. It's all I've been hearing about. And frankly, I guess I can say I can care less. I know some people care about that, but I mean, how many times are you going to say it? I get it. Okay, I get it. It's never been done before. Four times in a row in any major sport. Great. I get it. But, my gosh, if you didn't see this coming, we call, I called this. 
I called this two weeks ago. Uh, two two weeks ago, and so LeBron James will get the Cavaliers there somehow. I don't, and I even said I don't care who's in the lineup, who's not. He's going to get there. The only thing I, you know, I was looking on the other side whether or not it was going to be Houston. So I guess I sunk in with the reality that this was going to be a reality a long time ago. Um, but it's the consistent thing about the press getting on it. But now we get done with game one. Now we see what ends up happening. Now we see the Cavaliers, even though they completely blew it, can play with Golden State. I know they can't, but they can. And the reason why they can is they were in it at the end of the game. They lost that game in overtime in reality. Um, So, you know, you, you you look at it right there. Um, they should have won that game or at least had a shot at the basket to take the win. And they didn't do it, obviously, with what ended up happening no. uh, with with Smith and everything. You know, but, hey, Jared Smith's done this before there, Tarvin. He's no strangers of making a bonehead play. Yeah, I just, I'm going to tell you, Sonny, though, they have one shot, one shot only to beat Golden State on the road, and that was probably it. Golden State didn't play that well. LeBron played out of his mind after letting that yep. sit for three days. The way they choked that away, they're going to get blown out tonight. Cleveland's going to get beat by I, twenty, at least. I'm I think. worried about I, that. Yeah, I just don't think they have. After you watch LeBron walk off the stage, all this, he's pouting and all this. I just don't see how the team can rally and come back from that. I don't because I don't think they. I don't think LeBron's a team guy. LeBron's a LeBron guy. That's all he cares about himself. So I think. I don't know, him going off that stage the other night and the way he acted, I think he lost his team. I think they're going to get their ass drilled tonight. Yeah, it, it doesn't look good, Tarvin. I agree with you. It doesn't look good. I'm actually going to watch it. Um, I think there's even a hockey game on tonight. I'm going to watch both of them yeah, as far as that's going on. Uh, yeah, so, and speaking of that, let's just hop to hockey. Are you even keeping track of what's going on? Are you no. watching? And now, with what's going on in Vegas, are you even watching it all? No. Not only that, I couldn't name a team that's playing. Oh, okay. So you don't know yeah. that that it's uh, it, it, the uh, Las Vegas, uh, the Las Vegas team, the, the the expansion no. teams in the in the finals, right? So you you don't necessarily I know nothing know. about hockey. Got it. All right, cool. Hockey. So so in other words, the craziness of the expansion team getting into the finals for the first time in history, well, almost history. There was another team that did it back like when no one was alive. Um, but uh, take away from that, uh, it, it didn't bring you in. It didn't it didn't lure you in to watch a game. No, I've never watched one. Never cared. That's, that's, that's a diehard college football football fan right here. Uh, you know, but you you do keep track of the I NBA. Would, now, I'll tell you what. I would rather take an ass whipping by two people than watch a hockey game. If that tells you anything about <laughs> or golf or any of that NASCAR or any of that. To me, those are not sports. Yeah. It, but hold know. on. It, it, hold on. Do you don't you don't think hockey? It, do you think hockey's a sport? Yeah. No, not really. I mean, so hold on. Now, see, I understand why you wouldn't think golf is 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 not a sport because I don't. Golf is not sports recreation. I don't care if Tiger wins Tiger wins today or not. Um, <laughs> NASCAR is just turning left, so you know, I, you know, I, you know, yeah, pushing you your foot down the pedal and turning left and, and be a racing. Race. 
I, I, and I understand why people say, well, Sonny, you just don't get it. No, you're right. I don't get it because I don't care. It, to me, I'd rather watch Frisbee golf than I would NASCAR, okay? And Frisbee golf, oh. you want to talk boring, okay? That, that's what it is. And, 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 it's, and I have people say, Sonny, you, you just don't know. I, guys, I've been to two. I've been to, I lived out in Phoenix, Arizona. I actually marked that. I've been to three. Um, three of them, and, and I didn't pay for the ticket because I wouldn't do that, number one. But I got three tickets two times in Arizona, and I just got drunk in Vegas. So I don't even I don't even remember. I, I just remember driving there, and then I got drunk, and I don't even know how we got back to the casino. So, you know, it, it's, yeah, there's this, you know, I, I've experienced it, but it doesn't keep me there to where I can Man, I I, I got to go see some racing this weekend. I, I just I don't. Oh, I hate yeah. that. Oh. And now now hockey and the hockey I can get into. Now we don't talk about it because no one gives a rip in reality, so no one cares. So, um, but I wanted to see if you were interested interested or interested, you know, any kind of peak of interest that got you back into hockey. And they didn't even you didn't even crack the door on this at all. You just didn't. Well, you know, nothing. Never have. No. All right. I just wanted to check because I, I know you're a fan of, of sports. So that having been said, of course, you know. I, the hockey is not a sport, with, Huh? The hockey is not a sport. I mean, they take more hits than football. They take more hits. You have than, your and own that's skate. Your own eyes. You're in, anytime you wear a skate, you're not a sport. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> that's, that's the way I look I think that makes it even more of a sport. Not only do you got to hit, you got to maintain some kind of balance yeah. on thin blades. Well, I'm gonna tell I you, if I played hockey, I would. If I played hockey, I would truly suck. But <laughs> if I could keep my balance, and if I could keep my balance, I think I could. Figure out. It, it looks complicated. It looks hard. I mean, I'm not saying that. It's just I've never watched it. I mean, it's, nothing about hockey has ever. Maybe it's where I've lived and what I've. Well, I grew up watching all the that time, but be. nothing about that it. Could ever, be. I like a fight. I like to watch sports center when it shows the replay <laughs> of the fight or something. But as far as watching a game, I think I need to go to a game in order to yes, you do. more. I think that's what I, I I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you the reason why I believe that. Okay, back in 1994, I, actually it might have even been 93. Um, I walked in to a Phoenix Roadrunners minor league hockey game. I don't even know what took me there. I don't remember. Um, but I walked into this. This was recently uh, after I got divorced. Uh, I think someone said, hey, man, oh, that's what it is. Someone gave me a free ticket. And I was like, oh, I didn't have anything better to do, and I went. I want to tell you right now, and plus I'm a minor league nut anyway, so you know, I, I gave it a shot. But minor league hockey is the best hockey. Now, you can sit and watch the NHL. But I'm going to say, you, you you like fights? That's what minor leagues are. They're allowed to have enforcers. They're allowed to have the uh, slap shot nut guys with the big glasses, you know, the thugs and the punks and everything else. They're allowed to be there. And it does break it, – it's a different type of game than the NHL because I watched a lot of Phoenix Coyotes when they got the team in Phoenix, and I got free tickets for that. And I, I'd much rather went to the Roadrunners, and I was a big fan of that. It is the physicality of the game. I believe games, uh, whether it be basketball, football, whatever, should be physical to a point. It's why at one point 
I wasn't even watching the NBA, Tarv, and, and I, you were you were on my show when I said the NBA was un, unwatchable at one point. Um, and and I still believe that to a point. It just there's nothing else on right now. Yeah, I mean, what do you got? You don't have much choice. What are you going to watch baseball all night? No, I mean, yeah, you know, it's I, just. I, and that's another one. I'm so bored with baseball. I mean, I mean, bored with baseball. Yeah. And, and I, I think they're lacking in big names in baseball. I really do. And, and that might be because I'm not paying attention. But if they were big enough, I'd know who they are. I'm going to tell you right now. I know maybe seven percent of the players that are in Major League Baseball oh. right now. It's just I just don't know them, you know, because they haven't created enough news or any interest to get peak to get me to look. I was about to say the same thing, Sonny. I mean, you know, I know some Braves players because I do flip back and forth and watch them, but there is no besides Bryce Harper and that kid and. Anaheim, Trout, or something. There's I couldn't name any players anymore. I used to yep. know them when I played fantasy, but baseball's too boring All day. to really to really yep. play fantasy anymore. I don't know. Well, I think the steroids are back a little bit, but I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to see. It's just not as fun need, as it was back in the '80s and '90s. It's just not. Hey, they need steroids in baseball in order for me to be interested. Evidently, because yeah. that's the last time Barry, I even Barry Bonds. I wouldn't miss a, a pitch when Barry Bonds played. I mean, I agree. Yeah, he did steroids, but I don't care. I love to watch him just mash it. And just Barry Bonds has always been my favorite player. You know that. So yeah, I do. I don't. I don't know. I, I mean, I just. I, I think it's better when you had Sosa, McGuire, and Barry Bonds juicing, hitting home runs every night. Yeah, that was great. Now you got guys my size up there striking out every time, trying to hit a home run. They can't even make contact with it. Uh, yeah, baseball sucks. I mean, unless you go to a game and drink beer, it's unwatchable. Yeah. You're right. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but you gotta have a beer, or at least get you have tanked have more, on the way. You know, you're, you have, you're, to, have, you have to have at least five don't beers and drive, three hot dogs. Take the take the train, but don't drink and drive. But God, you know, it is it is incredibly boring. And really, in reality, baseball games is. Now, I'll tell you where baseball is not boring. There's only one place. Okay, it's Wait, two places, minor, but I only go to one. Minor league baseball? It's spring, tra- spring training. Yeah. Spring training is good for two reasons. Number one, it's in Arizona. Number two, it's hot. Number three, there's baseball. And when when it's hot outside, when you got girls around, I hate to say I'll be the biggest pervert in the world. I love people watching <laughs> And you know, yeah. and that's what that that's what takes me. I love, but um, I do like spring training. And the reason why I like spring training is because you do see some of the names that you don't see. And I will say this again: I will go to a minor league baseball game if the conditions yep. are. We got minor. We have two minor league teams down here, but no, they don't play indoors. I ain't going to watch it in Arizona. <laughs> If they, yeah, they, it, it was hot, but at least they had the hot girls too. So you know, I, I, I was that I could live with. Um, but on a regular basis, if it was indoors and they had a minor league baseball team indoors, I'd go. Just I'm with you. It's too damn hot. Well, well you know, you know, them your football teams. You want like arena and uh, stuff like yep. that. It's perfect being indoors, man. You can watch that yep. and enjoy yourself. I don't enjoy myself when my nut sacks 250 degrees. <laughs> 
you know, I mean, and you, and even even going to a college football game. Shoe? <laughs> yeah, even going to a college football game. I mean, you go in September in Auburn, Alabama. Hell, it's ninety-seven degrees or something. Y'all can't go. I love Auburn, but I'm not going to a game in that temperature. I'm sorry. Tarvin, if the Eagle Eye, Bill Sherman, and I were not in the booth, we would not be going these games at the end of August and into <laughs> early September. It's too damn hot down here. <laughs> it just wouldn't happen. I, I really almost um, had a, I almost passed out the last time I went to the Auburn game. Like it started at five o'clock or something, the first game, and yes. it was. I looked at the temperature, the heat index, and it was one hundred three, and it was about <laughs> six o'clock at night. And then by the time it ended at 10, it was 98. And I'm like, fuck. I mean, I couldn't even. And you have I mean, I didn't have, to, I didn't have to go piss. I didn't have to go piss because I sweated it all out. So at least I got to sit there in the seat the whole night. So, God, it's miserable, man. <laughs> love I like it. High and love air conditioning. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, but you're right. I mean, that, that's one of the reasons why I love indoor football. I mean, I could go to a, a, a climate control environment, and not only that, be close to the field. There's not a bad seat in the house in the, in an arena game um, at all, unless you're in one of the major basketball um, um, major basketball facilities, and you're at the top for some reason. But they you normally don't have the top even open when you have an indoor game because they don't. About uh-huh. six to eight thousand people max, and they can hold that in the bottom bowl. So there's not a bad seat in the house in reality when you're talking indoor football. So that's another reason why, because I, you know, the closest I'd be to an NFL field would be the closest would be the worst seat in the end. That that's you know, if you're in the upper deck watching a football game, it kind of sucks too. So you know, but yeah, you have to have a reason. I mean, even college football, you know, just like what you said, I at one time went to many, 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 four years in a row, six, six years in a row of um, Sun Devil football down in Tempe, Arizona. And oh, I didn't God. go. I did not go because <laughs> of the heat. I went because of the scenery. And you just happened to get lucky to get a football game as well. I mean, but – you know, but it was more about scenery and having a couple of drinks before you hit the hit the stadium. So yeah. Well, I was yeah. gonna tell you something funny, Sonny. I went to the Final Four in Atlanta for college yes. basketball, and when I was going to my seats, they asked me, "Do you want to rent binoculars?" I'm like, "Well, hell, why would I want to do that?" When I saw the the players out on the court, I couldn't even see who the hell it was. I mean, so <laughs> if, I, if I'm going to a game, regardless if it's indoor, outdoor, getting a good ticket, or I'm not going to the damn thing either. Yeah. So. Yep. Yeah, and I don't one care. of the good things call me a one small, good, but I'm I'm not going. Well no, you want to enjoy it. If you can't see it, how can you enjoy it? It it's like going to it, it see, now that is the thing about Atlanta and the football tickets. You could have the worst seat in the house but because they, they got that big old screen there. Now granted, you could sit at home and save the what, two hundred bucks a ticket and watch it. Um uh, but if I'm gonna go I wanna be close if I want to experience it, and I'll tell you the reason why experience it means something, because I went to WrestleMania when it was in Phoenix, and I didn't have a great seat, but I wanted to experience what WrestleMania was about. Yes, great. I, I, I'll admit it. I, 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 let's say wrestling is more of a sport than golf, okay? Um, anyway, 
anyway, it is. It's very. That's a that's a tough sport. Wrestling is. It may be scripted some of it, but I mean that's just tough. I mean that's a lot of work on your body being a wrestler. Athletic. Athletics are amazing. There's more athlete. There's more athletics going on in in a wrestling match. I'm going to tell you right now than there is in any golf tournament. I'm telling you just no. There's you know I for that matters baseball too. Now if baseball had a daily fight like in this instead of having the seventh stretch and they had a seventh inning fight, I would maybe give baseball a little bit more of my attention. <laughs> hey, Sonny, Sonny, fight, Sonny, do you know how much it costs to go to an NFL game? I've been to one in my life, and it was this year. Do you do you understand how expensive it is to go to a damn NFL game? I do, and I'm going to tell you. I'll tell you the reason why Sonny Clark six years ago ended up with a high at that time the the best high definition. TV was because I refused to spend the money to go to an NFL game, and I took the money for the tickets that I would have spent for the whole family and bought a brand-new high-definition television. (laughs) Well, I was going to tell you this story. Uh, You know, for Atlanta, Carolina game this past year, and this game really meant nothing in a way. If you think about it, it was the last week of the season, you know. My Uh wife bought us two tickets to go. And they cost total seven hundred dollars just for the tickets. Oh my tickets. god! Oh and my we god! Were close. I, think... I mean, we were close, but still, I mean, it wasn't like we were fifty yard line or something just sitting there. But even with that, I mean, you think about she paid with everything we did probably about eight hundred dollars for those two tickets to go watch Cam Newton throw about twenty incompletions and get his ass kicked. <laughs> I mean, that was a yeah, Matt Ryan beat him. She does, and, and and I and I feel bad because, you know, I realized what that game meant. Really, you know, I mean, it we yes. really meant nothing. But when I when I found out what she paid, it just kind of pissed me off because I'm like, God, <laughs> like you said, I could I could go out and buy a great TV for that. But but yep. it's a thought that counts. I get it. But she didn't understand that 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 game really meant nothing to Carolina. She didn't know. Right. You know. Maybe when she got the tickets, she didn't know, or she doesn't necessarily know. You know, that's kind of one of those things, you know. And, but, but how can it, you afford it, to go to those games? I mean, if you're an everyday fan, how can you go? I mean. That's why I go I to indoor understand. football. That's why I go to indoor football. You can get in the door. And if you want to pay a little bit more, you can get great seats. So, you how know, much does it, it cost? Well, you can get in most indoor football games for in between ten and fifteen dollars, and get the worst seat in the house, and they're not bad. Um, but twenty-five bucks will literally get you fifteen yards from the field. Wow, that's what I do. Yeah, that's why I love it. I mean, and and yeah, in Gwynn, these guys that play, especially in my league, okay, they're not quote-unquote NFL players, but I'm going to tell you right now, when you're only 15 yards away and you hear the clanking and the hitting that goes on and you hear it echo in a, a, a stadium, a small stadium, you know what's going it, it just, it, 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 my heart starts pumping, man, whenever I see it and I, I, I mean, I can experience it better as far as football is concerned, in an arena platform than I can in any NFL stadium in this country. 
Man, that's awesome, man. You know, you know the seats I sit at at Auburn are given to me and everything. They're scholarship seats that I ask because the person is going to end up losing the tickets because you can't you can't take them and give them to anybody else. But I was going to buy them from them once they bought them. You know how much one ticket costs to go to Auburn home games? Uh, let me guess. I'll say two hundred dollars. For all tickets, those eight games, thousand dollars. What? Yep, that's how much scholarship seats cost right there, 50-yard oh line. And I was like, really, I, five grand? I'm, I'm going to go watch three powder puff games. So three of those games are powder puff. Yeah. And the other five, are, you, you may get lucky and have a good season. You may you may have shitty games, and you paid $5,000 for one ticket. I mean, that's I can't, I can't even that. imagine I mean, it. I'd walk out of there pissed five, off every single week. <laughs> <laughs> but but if you're smart, but but still, even if you sell your tickets and those, like you could sell a couple games, you, yeah, you make back a thousand bucks. But where's the other four thousand? I mean, and if you sell those tickets, you're missing out on the best games because nobody gonna go watch Appalachian and Auburn play for two hundred a ticket or something. They may give you face value if you're lucky. But I mean, it's just the sports these days. They're ripping people off because no matter what they charge, people are coming, Sonny. That's the problem. And and you know what? I mean, a stadium holds eighty, ninety thousand 90,000 people. Well, I mean, the same people don't come every week. So they're, they're getting money from somebody to come to those games. So why are they not going to raise the tickets up? I mean, they can charge what they want to. It's, hey, what, what do they say? If they come and, and you keep – and that's the Jerry Jones motto, by the way. I mean, Jerry Jones – listen – they weren't selling tickets back in these old stadiums, you know, for the amounts of money that Jerry Jones is getting people to pay for a ticket. I mean, a good <laughs> seat, and, 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 and you're talking ten thousand dollars for a halfway decent seat for the, you know. Now, granted, you're getting you're, you're getting a few more games, but still ten grand, and, and they're not the best seats in the house. I I, I think I I think I'd lose my mind. I I don't know. I yeah. I, I can't even I can't even imagine you know that whole thing. But but if you go now, if you do this now, where, are you near Buford by any chance? Um, probably an hour or so away. I think maybe you're you're an hour from Buford. Okay, all right. I believe so. so I'm gonna look it up. Yeah. I, well, no, you don't need to look it up. I was just, I was no, I'm just looking asking. It up now. Yeah, but um. It's, and I'm, I'm just checking on something because you got actually an indoor football team near you, but I think now that I think about it, I think it's a travel only team. So, um, so I don't think they have a home field that they, they pick up games when something happens. They're called the Georgia, they're, they're called the Georgia doom. And um, so, and let's see, where do they play? That's what, I, that's what we got to do here. Uh, here we go. They they play. Well, where's the? Where is the uh, the state stadium at? Where do they play? Uh, and, and this is not on our level. It, it, this is actually called the AAL. Um, and they um, see there we go. Season tickets. Where where do they play? Hey, hey Todd, Todd's listening by the way. Todd, where where do the Doom player do they do they have a home field? They play at the Meccan uh the the Macon com uh 
Centerplex, wherever that is. Macon? Is that Macon, Texas? Yeah, or Macon, Macon, Georgia. Georgia? Macon, Georgia. How far are you yeah. away from there? Hold on, I'll tell you. Macon, Georgia. There it is. Boom. So, but they they actually play there and there, and now I'm going to see where it is and compare. Because you're in Atlanta, right? Well, I'm East Cobb. It's an hour and a half away. Macon is. Wow, that's uh, you're you're too far away from them. And if you're close enough, then you can uh, I'm actually, go down there. And... It's actually it's actually probably more than that because I'm 20 minutes north of Atlanta and Macon. Oh, south. you're 20 minutes north of Atlanta. Yeah, it's, you'd uh, be closer. You'd so... be closer to the havoc then. You you'd be. I think if I'm not, that you'd be closer to the first one I mentioned, that first city. Yeah, it's showing me about an hour and 47-minute drive. All interstate, though. That's not bad. Is that Macon? That's Macon, though, right? Yeah, yeah Macon. Not- so I'm not as far as I thought. So, yeah, I'm just 103 miles, really. All interstate. Now, so that'd take me about yeah, an hour and 20 the, minutes. Now, the Atlanta Havocs, they play in that in Buford. So how far how far are you away from there? About 45 minutes. See, that one's closer for you. Uh-huh. So, so there you go. That would be closer. And um, let's see here. Yeah, it's sunny. Get back to sports is what I'm hearing. Yes, I know. Just hold on a second. I'm trying to save my friend here. He needs some football to where he doesn't have to pay thousands of dollars. Oh, I think the Havoc season is uh, there. I think their season is over. I think they're on the road for the rest of the season. When is that Vince McMahon league? When's that football season starting back to Vince McMahon calling up or something? You know, it's interesting you brought that up because that starts in 2020. In 2019, though, Tarvin, they have – you know where Georgia State is? Yeah. The college? Are you near that? Uh Well, you get the kind of – you get the kind of minor league thing going on now because there's a, a it's called the it's called the Ameri- the Alliance of uh, is it called the Alliance here oh there it is it's called the uh, Alliance of America Football uh, League starts up after the Super Bowl this year and there's a team right down in uh, that plays right there at um, at uh, Georgia State. So they're going to have a team there, and supposedly this is supposed to start up. Supposedly this could be the feeder league to you know you know how we kind of you know when we were doing the play by play of the revolution we were that you know thing that got you from the Super Bowl into uh, training camp. That's what this thing is supposed to be, and they got some big names behind this. We're talking Bill Pol. If I mention Bill Polian, you you know who that is, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they they got some names in it, and the guy who did the XFL, um, the first portion of the XFL, uh, he's behind that as well. Uh, So they're starting a year before the XFL of Vince McMahon, and this is supposed to be – the first game is going to be on CBS TV. The rest of it is going to be on the streaming, except for the championship game will be on CBS as well. Um, so I'm just wondering how much it, it's Charlie Ebersol, um, and he uh, is with CBS and or the family members 
of one of the owners or at least the guy who runs CBS uh, NBC Sports. So um, and they got some, and they got some names on it. I, I'll tell you right now um, because we're talking. They have to have good coaches if they're gonna do this. They have to have good coaches. So they got the team down in Georgia, and the guy that is coaching that team is Brad Ch- uh, Childress. You know who he is. All right, they're gonna have a team in Memphis. Mike Singletary is going to be the coach of that one. There's going to be a team in Orlando. Steve Spurrier is going to be the coach of that one. It's going to be one in Tempe, Arizona. Rick Neuheisel Heisel is going to be the coach of that one. There's going to be one in Salt Lake City. Der- Dennis Eckerson is uh, Erickson's going to be the coach of that. And then San Diego, Mike Marks. All these are names that you've heard that are going to be coaching it. Uh, so, I think the idea of this thing starting up and with the names that are going to be in there, um, Jared Allen is going to be part of it as well. Um, it is it's some of the name Justin Tuck is also another name that's part of this thing. They're they're get, they're almost going all in on this thing, and I want to tell you right now, you know, that's going to be the competition for the XFL if it actually kicks off. And from what we're hearing with the CBS backing, that it is going to start off. And that was the idea at one point to maybe even bring Johnny Manziel into that as well. But if, from all things I've heard, Colin Kaepernick might play in this thing as well. So oh, it, this should be really, really it. interesting. See, I wouldn't watch and, it if that bastard played. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, if you didn't, you would no, I wouldn't watch his sorry ass. Yeah, see, people who watch NFL, I think, are, and I learned this because during strike seasons and things of that sort, I mean, people wouldn't watch the scrubs. They wouldn't watch anything, and they could get in, and they were damn near giving tickets away so you could come watch the scrubs, and no one would come and watch. They'd rather watch college football but instead of guys that can't make it on the NFL level because on college football they know that is the top portion and I don't know I don't know how successful this could be but they have got to have millions and millions of dollars because the coaches are making half a million so all those coaches I named they get paid half a million and I'm not sure what the player salary if there's going to be a salary at all I don't know but I don't think people will watch this at least on a level where CBS has to carry you you know, you know, where they say, "Oh, yeah, we gotta have that product." I don't think that interest is gonna be there for it. It's gonna be, it's gonna be tough. I mean, it's never really succeeded before, and um, yeah. But I think coming after the Super Bowl, though, when football's over, to get them through the, uh, the training camp, like you said, I think people will tune in, especially if there's names like Johnny Manziel or Kaepernick or somebody like that that just draws attention even if it's negative attention people watch it even though they don't like the person sometimes they'll watch it anyway but I don't right. know, they're just gonna have to get some good players in there yeah and from my understanding and just just the because someone made mention on one of the sites that i watch especially for indoor football that those i was like wait a second what is this and you know i i mean i've heard of one trying to start but i didn't know if it went through because of the names that we were talking about. Um, but you also get back to, you know, you know, names such as Troy Apollo is going to be a part of it. Um, so that that's, yeah. 
another, these are names that people recognize. These are, and I think that part can sell it. But the question, it, and whenever I think about these kind of leagues and things, okay, is how long will it be before someone doesn't get a check? And then how long will it actually be alive after that? Because that's what kills minor league stuff. Some, some teams don't, some players don't get a check. Something happens, someone don't get any money. Um, so also Heinz Ward is part of this as well. So, I mean, those names that we mentioned, okay, those are all names that playing. you know. No, they're, they're going to well, coach. Well, they're going to yeah. be play. Yeah, yeah they're, they're going to be coaches and things like that. But I, to me, to be honest, coach, those, those players are great, but them being a coach don't draw me into it. I mean, it really, I, maybe, maybe it's me. Maybe I'm the only one that would think I, Tim might, he can hop in. I mean, if you had a big-time name coaching, you know, you know, a retired player coaching, would that interest you enough to get you to go watch the guys who are not obviously on the NFL level because they are bringing them in? But here's one of the things. Bill Polian, that guy knows football. But I don't know if he knows the selling portion of it enough to sell it to where people will actually – buy in on it. That, and that's what I'm wondering. Is Bill Polian smart enough or that good enough to where he can grab the fans like you and me and go, oh, yeah, I got to watch this. And I, I don't think there's well, anything funny. out there that can be that way, except college funny, I think football. The key, I think the key to it, and I was about to say that, is can the players that are playing in that league make it to the NFL? And could it be like the minor league instead of going to college for – three years, could you go play that a couple of years before you go to the NFL? Instead of going to college and having to go, could you get paid and play like minor league football? That's the key to the whole thing. How many college players I, are going to be able to make it right. there? Not the guys that have washed out and can't make it. Um, but Because that's what's going to end up happening. Some guys that are just on the cusp. And that, but that's what the idea of this league is, I think. And I also think the idea of this league is to get the NFL to buy in on it and say, yes, we want this. Yes, this will help us. Yes, this will, you know, get our, uh, not only our players, but our officials some experience, game experience against good quality players. And that's going to be the huge thing, you know, and I think I agree with you, more so than sending these players, which, I, listen, you can sit there and you can sell this all day long, but you're talking to Sonny Clark. Those football players want to be in school like I want to have jock edge, okay? All right, I don't want jock edge. Those players don't want to play, don't go to college. Now, some of them do. I mean, I won't go and say 100%, but I'm telling you 80% of those athletes are not there for the school. And you can, you can try to sell me that all day long, but Sonny isn't biting on it. And the 20% of the guys that are there for the school are not your superstars. Okay. And they're never going to make it in the NFL. Yeah, those are the fourth and fifth string players that are, aren't even going to see the football field. So call me a skeptic, but I understand human nature just a little bit more to fall for anything like that. Yeah, but I just think the key is, can these players, are these the future NFL players? And if it is, if that league is made up of that, just say – even five or six of them are wearing NFL jerseys the next year, that's going to make people watch. I'm telling you, you're right. The washed-up players that are 
that are never going to make it. Nobody wants to watch them because there's no future for them. There's no excitement. They want to see the next the, the their Falcons or their their Cowboys. Who's going to be the next star at Dallas or something? It could be the guy right on this field. That's I mean, nobody wants to hear Kurt Warner made it. I mean, that's the only damn player you ever hear of. I mean, I, I want yep. to see more than that. You know, Kurt Warner, well, he made it to the NFL. Well, he's the only one. So so let's get some more players Jackson. in there. Yep, yeah, Fred Jackson, who came from indoor, you know, oh, yeah. the indoor game. Now, th- there's some guys that, you know, make player squads and things like that. And, and you know, and for me, when when a guy from our league can make the Canadian or the Arena Football League if they ever get their stuff together, um, that that's prideful for me because of our league. At least they're playing the sport and they're they're playing on some kind of national level, uh, especially if they get to Canada. I mean, if they get to Canada, they get a two year contract automatically. So that's that's you know that makes me feel good when I can see one of our guys from our league at least get that. If some guy makes it to the NFL and is able to make the squad, you know, I don't even care if it's – that's great news. Um, it, it, that And that that's obviously the goal. But I, I, when I look at obtainable goals, I like the, the fact of uh, Canada because we have a lot of players that came from our league that are playing in Canada and then in the indoor games playing in Canada. So that's when I look mm-hmm. at that – that that's good, but up on a national level in these United States, what I have figured out is, is that we are so spoiled. We don't we don't want to watch scrubs. We don't want to watch guys that don't do it. We don't want to watch that. Or we would have packed minor league sports arenas across the country, whether it be basketball, football, or hockey. And they're just not there. They're just not that packed, except in a few places uh, throughout the country. Yeah, you're right. I'm interested to see how it's going to work, though. Um, yeah, it, it, I'm it should be interesting. If any, should be you know, Vince McMahon can get it going. If he gets his league going in 19, I think I have a lot of faith in him as a businessman to figure out that, number one, you don't go against the NFL. Like you said, you have to have their support. And I think yep. he'll get it. You get Sounds good. Here's where we got I got to take a break um, so and get into to our commercials. But that and Vince, are you able? Are you going to hang on for a while? Come back, or where are you at? Um, give me a few minutes, and I'll call back in. Okay. You betcha. So we're going to hit. We're going to hear from our sponsors. I got someone on hold. I'm going to talk to really quick, and then uh, and see who they are. We might have someone else uh, joining us. Says Sonny Clark is flying, flying, flying solo like Han Solo without his Wookie. That's the new line. That that's what uh, I, I love. We'll be right back. In 1998, Scooter's Coffee was born. Co-founders Don and Linda Eccles began their amazing journey when they opened up their first drive through coffee house in Bellevue, Nebraska. Their motto is, amazing people serving amazing drinks, amazingly fast. Scooter's only roast from the top 10% specialty coffee beans in the world. And their specialty, the Caramelicious. If you're new to Scooter's, you can't go wrong with ordering this rich, velvety caramel gem. So make sure you check out Scooter's Coffee, located at Rowlett Road in the 66 with a convenient drive through so you can get onto your business real quick. That's Scooter's Coffee, located in Rowlett.
buying or selling your home could be the single most important decision you make in your life. You need someone with the experience and know-how to help you through this decision. Brian Chadwick of JP and Associate Realtors has you covered. Knowing the specifics of the Rowlett and Rockwall area is his specialty. Contact Brian at 972-533-9059 or visit him on the web at brianchadwick.jphomesforsale.com. That's Brian with a Y, not nichadwick.jphomesforsale.com. At Chang Lee Saekwondo, learn the art of self-defense, discipline, respect, physical development, and mental focus. Become the best that you can be. At Chang Lee Saekwondo, we offer an after-school program, fitness kickboxing, birthday parties, summer camp, and homeschool classes. Check out our one-year anniversary special. Two weeks in a free uniform for $19.99. That's right, $19.99 gets you two weeks and the free uniform. Check out Chang Lee's at 469-506-4483 or visit them on the web at mychanglees.com. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about the Mitchell Law Firm. Looking for a bankruptcy attorney in Rowlett? Talk directly to your bankruptcy attorney, not their paralegal. Get a personal touch directly from Greg Mitchell. The Mitchell Law Firm handles a wide variety of bankruptcy-related matters, including litigation arising out of bankruptcy matters in state as well as federal court. We represent both individual and small business debtors in Chapter 7, Chapter 11, and Chapter 13 bankruptcies. For more information, come in contact with Greg Mitchell at 972-463-8417. That's 972-463-8417. Or visit him on the web at www.mitchellps.com. Are you in need of an electrician in the Rowlett, Rockwall, or Saxe area? What kind of electrical work needs to be done, residential, business, or industrial? Contact Allen Bauer Electric for all of your electrical needs. It's important to have a qualified licensed electrician taking care of any electrical problems you may be having, so your loved one or customers are safe. We have built our business on quality for a fair price, and good customer service, but of course... Give Alan Bauer Electric a call at 214-356-0197 and tell him Sonny sent you. Alan Bauer Electric, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. All right, we are back here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. It is me, Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio as we are here on our Sunday morning tradition. It's that being said, I'm going to go ahead and bring him on. He's been holding on very patiently as well. Let's bring him on. Let everybody know who you are and where you're calling from. I know you. Go ahead. Uh, thank you, Sonny. Uh, this is uh, Lou from Jersey, and where I am, it's now the afternoon. So uh, good yes. morning to you. Good, good afternoon to me. Yeah. Well, it's afternoon. Right. I'm just uh, it, it's one forty-five. I'm in the Central Standard Time, so oh, okay. you know we're kicking it. We, we started at noon, but yeah, okay, sure Central West Coast. You bet. You know, I, I, my my family's on West Coast, and sometimes I'll do a show from there. But yeah, ah. but I, you know, 
I, I, you've been on hold for a long time, which I didn't necessarily notice until right before I clicked into you. So you've been listening to some of the things that we've been talking about as, yes. as far as this new league that's happening. They're trying to bring the minor league experience of mm-hmm. kind of NFL football. When, do you think that this thing can work? I mean, just a general fan's opinion and a guy who's obviously knowledgeable in football because you call in here all the time. Well, as we Italian-Americans have a, have a uh, saying, a phrase that involves uh, a few words, and I'll put it to you this way, forget about it. Look, we've seen yeah. these leagues, uh, you know, that's, that's me. Um, you know, we've seen these leagues before, you know, uh, the, um, starting with the USFL, which I finally remember. I went to a game, actually, back in the uh, 84. You had the mm-hmm. World League. Uh, back in the early 90s, that version, then it was version 2. Yes. Ugh, what a joke that was. Um, then, of course, you had the ever-popular XFL, a complete yep. bust, and a few other leagues, uh, World Football League of 74, which, um, I, which I remember a little bit here and there. I was, I was, I was a toddler back then, but I still do hear right. it. So why should this league be any different? It's just another league. Because everybody knows no football league can ever compete with the NFL. It's just not doable. So why should this be any different? I think I agree with you, and I think also on the fact that – but the only thing and, – and this is because I, I, I am an admitted cheap bastard. You know, I, okay. I, I don't go to NFL football games. Now, I, 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 with some names that I might know, if they get a team in Dallas, I've been hearing they've been fighting to try to get – one, there's two more uh, two more areas that are supposed to get teams to one Dallas that they're mm-hmm. thinking about. Um, right. I may go to these, if, number one, um, if it's in, indoors, because when they are going to do that, it's hot as hell when when you're wanting to do this, okay? It's oh, just, yeah. Because in Dallas, it starts getting hot at the beginning of April. So, Duh. you know, it, in there. It, 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 that doesn't work for me. Now, if it's indoors and if it's in the stadium, I'll go catch it. Obviously, my love for indoor football is the reason why is because of comfort, whether it be being close enough to comfortably enjoy the game or yes. things of that sort. Love me some indoor football. but So it's got to be comfortable for me. But I don't think I'm any worse than anybody else. But you have to have the right price tag on this. If they're going to sell these tickets for 50 60 bucks a pop, People are not going to come to these games. So I think in no. a lot of it, they're going to have to sell it. That's number one. Number two, they're going to have to sell it. Forget about selling it to the fans. they got to sell it to the people who are going to put money in. And that right. would be obviously the you know the sponsors and the people who put millions and millions of dollars in it with not much return, by the way, because the only way people are going to go see this are for 10 and $15 tickets if they get any higher People are not going to waste their money on what they don't think they're going to get as far as value is concerned. Right. I mean, I agree. I mean, I know the NFL has been a, has been a downward spiral the last couple of years, but I don't think this is, these leagues are going to, you know, make a dent in it at all. You know, it, it's not going to uh, make better as much. And of course, yeah, now, most and... of these players, you know, they're not going to, you're not going to, you know, advance on the next level anyway. They're just a bunch of either. Shall we say wannabes or has-beens? Yeah, I don't know. That it's a good point. Um, but here's you think about it, okay? We 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 see that the NFL is in the tailspin, and, and I, I think, 
as we look at it, we're looking at it from a fan perspective. But I'm going to tell you right now, the NFL made $14 billion. Okay, reportedly made $14 billion. Yeah. There's no downfall there, okay? That's what they've been making for a while. Now, is it what they wanted to make? That is obviously not. They were probably thinking about 16, and they only got 14. So, they're, you know, poor, poor babies didn't get $2 billion more. But you know, I don't think the NFL is in much of a downfall, as people are saying it, because they're still bringing in the money. They're still getting that, that, that number. $14 billion, and not only that, Roger Goodell said seven years ago, that if, in, in, he wants it to make it in seven years to a $25 billion annual revenue by 2027. And not only that, he says he's got the stats to prove that it could happen. And listen, when you're talking that much money, you're, you're talking facts. You're not talking fiction. Okay, right. so there's something going on as far as the NFL is concerned that they think that they're going to bring in an extra um, an extra 11 billion when they only made 14 billion last year. So there's something only in the 14 works. Billion? And, How do you live up that? Oh, yeah, exactly. So as far as the NFL being in a downward spiral, you know that that the numbers don't don't support that statement but coming from the fans it does and the reason and and that because that that money we're talking about there's only a fraction of that is really coming from the actual fans more so than the sponsorships and everything else that they get from people saying we'll plug our stuff right in the nfl we'll reach households anyway yeah i mean i don't, think, I don't but you know, I don't, yeah there's not much to worry about i don't think I don't, but as far as the Alliance of American Football League is concerned, I just don't see it happening unless the NFL no. want to go ahead and buy it out and be what it is. But I'll tell you, if the NFL buys this out, they'll just make it go away. Um, you know, because the NFL doesn't do anything unless it makes a profit. And if they can't make this make right. a profit, they'll just get rid of it. And that's just the way because. The NFL is the money-making machine that they are for a reason. I mean, so they're, they're yes. sitting there making, you know, the fourteen billion. You know, it, it, you know that that's quite impressive, even under everything that's going on regarding the setup as far as the uh, Colin Kaepernick and all the other things. So we haven't had you on a while. So I wanted to get your opinion about what the NFL wants to do regarding the national anthem. What is your opinion on it? They say you can sit in the uh, locker room if you're if you don't want to be a part of it, but if you're going to be out on the football field, you got to stand. What, what's your opinion on that? I mean, yeah, you've been on this like show somebody long messed up someplace. I mean, you could you can yep. come to a full understanding of it. So like, you know, it's like it's like the old saying, uh, "Pick your poison." You want to stand out there, but you got but you got to stand up for it. If you don't. Well, then it's your choice to stay in the locker room. I mean, you this could not come to a unanimous decision. It's like you're just, you know, you got stuck. And, you know, so what do you do? I mean, maybe they should have went back to the old rule back in uh, the 2000, prior to 2009. Because um, I, re- I remember the days when the players were not out on the field uh, for the anthem. Yeah. Or, um, you know, well, what, well, what made him change that anyway? I mean, I didn't get the, I didn't get the understanding on that. 
when they, well, they flag him out for the. They're going to flag him. You know, no, no, no. No, back to when um, what made him change their mind decided to come out on the field for the anthem prior to 2008. I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah, you're gonna flag him 15 yards. You're gonna flag him 15 yards if they if they don't. Well, that's gonna be kind of hard to do. And the uh, Jets uh, CEO says he'll pay for those fines for those who don't. Yeah. That and that's another thing. I think it's going to be a useless flag because the, just the yes. simple fact of the matter is, is that both teams will do it. Both players from the teams will do it. Um, and I don't know. I didn't read about the fines whether or not they'd be fined for doing it. But this is all flags to everything I heard. So I didn't hear anything as far as the uh, as far as the actual. Uh, yeah, a fine being involved with it. And if there's no fine and it's only a flag, it's going to happen. And this is going to blow up in the NFL's face, and it's going to happen. Yeah. And, and it might not even happen in the preseason game. You know where it's going to happen? It's going to happen week Open number game. one, the only game going on Thursday, and it, and it will start a trend that will go through the whole year, and it will be a useless rule. Yeah. What was going to take to stop it, though? Say that again. I mean, I, you cut out right there. I mean, because it's been dragging on now for over a year and a half, two years. So what's it going to take them, uh, you know, to stop? I mean, major point, even though I don't agree with it. But uh, what's it going to take for you to stop and lead the politics out of the game? But let's just get back to playing football for crying out loud. Exactly, and, and that's and that's you know, I, I look at it in that. I, I look at it a couple different ways. Okay, first of all, making this players do that. I mean, you know. It, the more you, if you, if you're the NFL and you want to put it to the side and forget it and get it and get past it, you can't express a rule onto them that is so ludicrous like this is. Oh, it's, I'm sorry, this is ludicrous to tell these players not to do this. It's ludicrous. All right, so yes. the, the, the and these players know it's ludicrous. So these players also make a lot of money. Okay, and there's no there's no financial uh, problem with them doing it, they're going to, everybody's just going to do it. And, and, and it's not going to prevent anything. If anything, it's going to make it worse instead of trying yeah. to figure out a way of doing it. And they messed up. And I'm going to tell you where they messed up. And they should have listened to Jerry Jones. I know that sounds incredibly stupid from a guy that bashes the guy every wow. day. I, I, listen, I'll be all over Jerry Jones in a heartbeat, but Jerry Jones did it the smart way, and this was when the president got involved, okay? I take you back to when the president got involved and he started saying things about the players. Jerry Jones went to his players and said, let's all go out there and take a knee before the national anthem. It'll make a statement. <laughs> Guess what? It did. And after they did it, they stood for the national anthem. If the NFL would take 30 seconds, or even that, take one minute and do that every single game where that could be done, where it could be a recognized thing, that one minute would take care of all the problems. Now, granted, this is Sonny living in his own little world, but I'm going to tell you right now, if the players get the opportunity to openly express their feelings about it, they will take advantage of it, and then they would stand for the national anthem. I honestly believe this because the 
type of thing that they're protesting is something that has got to get attention because, listen, as a white guy, I'm going to tell you right now, I even look at this and go, what are these cops doing? So, yes, Sonny knows why they're doing it. And some people don't care why they're doing it because it's so offensive to their way of thinking about the military. And and listen, and one thing I've learned over these last two years, guys and people who are so engrossed in their opinion about the disrespect that type of protest does to the military, okay, they're not going to change their mind. It doesn't matter what they're protesting because it supersedes. It goes back to what I said when this whole thing started. I didn't mean to offend you, but... Okay, guess what? That butt is big when you're talking about the military in this country. Okay, Mm -hmm. and we understand, I think most people understand what's going on and why they're protesting. But, 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 the way people feel about our military in our country, that's that's a hard one when you show them disrespect or perceived disrespect in their minds, they're not going to get off it. And I know that's the way people think because I've talked to many people on both sides of it. And what the people on the other side don't get is that people feel this way. They see it as a disrespect. It don't matter what they're protesting. They see it as a disrespect to the military. Right or wrong, it doesn't matter. I didn't mean to offend you, but is the big thing about that. Uh I mean, there's certain things that offend me, okay, but it's not going to offend somebody else, okay? But in, right. the, in the grand scheme of things, that doesn't mean anything. But when you're talking about the United States military, whoa, 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 whoa. You're talking about people who have lost family members and everything else, and that's just a different kind of but. Sonny Clark saying, but that offends me compared to the military families of this country who have lost a lot of people. That but is different. It doesn't matter if it's not intended on doing it, but they did offend off of the opinion, even though the position is they're not meaning to offend them and it's not meant to show disrespect, but it did. And you're just not going to get people on it, on both sides, by the way, too, for for the people Uh who think that it's not, they're not going to get off it, well, you know, we're not meaning to offend the, the, the military. So no one's going to get off each side. So the, people are going to stand. So this never will go away. So that's the reason why flags will be thrown on both sides, and this will be a useless flag. Yeah. So it should be interesting to see how that plays out. And I can't wait oh, no until question. week number one on a Thursday night. No question about that. Should be interesting. What else you got on your mind, my man? Well, we got you know we got a championship week. Uh, of course, we got NHL fin- uh, Stanley Cup Finals, NBA uh, Finals this weekend. I've been keeping a close eye on that. Have you been keeping a close eye on the hockey and the NBA, or just one of those two? Both. Oh, so you are the one. You're one that has had the door open to hockey or I know, I know where you're from. So you probably have some hockey love anyway, compared to most of the country that doesn't have as much hockey love as you would over there. Yes. So, so you're, you're not, you're not like from one of these cities that, 
there's no hockey near them, so no one cares kind of thing going on. More so right. than, yeah, yeah. I think you have to be. I think you have to be local to love it. But I think the story about the uh, the Vegas team doing what they're doing has been able to open the door to people across the country about hockey. But my question yes. is, I wonder, will it be enough to sustain to bring them back next year? Hmm. Well, I mean, the response so far has been, you know, beyond uh, most expectations, except mine, of course, and a few small other people, um, because, you know, they had, they got the framework all written out, and, you know, they have an experienced group of players who've been on championship teams before, and they'll put this together, so I'm not really surprised by the success at all. I mean, it's unusual, but um, surprised? No. Not at all. I just hope that it's not a passing phase and they can sustain the popularity that they've been able to gain because of it, because that tells you something about the sport as well. Um, So, I mean, now Vegas has, um, well, think about this now. Before this, three, it was never a professional um, sports team in Vegas, and now you're on the verge of getting three of them. You have to go to the Knights. You're going to have the Raiders move there. And there's one, of course, I know nobody really gives a gives a horses no, you know what about it, but uh, there is a WNBA team in Vegas now. Yeah, I've, I've heard I know, nobody exactly. cares, but still. Yeah, yep. And, and listen, I, you know, I, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I, I, and I, by the way, I like the WNBA. I'm from an area that had it. I went to a lot of games. I'm talking about Phoenix, and they had a great – they're still WNBA there. WNBA game, and I went to them a lot. At, Phoenix but still there. I, yeah, they're still there, absolutely. But here's the here's the one thing, and 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 this is horrible when I say it. It's just not. It's too far for me. They have the Dallas Wings now. I live in Rowlett. It's forty miles from me. Uh huh. And and then that that's that's a that's a tough get in your car and go see it. You know, that's and, true. And and. and and I hate to say that it has nothing to do with the fact that it's women. It has to do with the product is not exciting enough for me to do that and pick up and go. And I feel mm. bad about that because if that was an indoor football team, I'd be there. So, you know, and it, I, I don't mean it to be offensive to women when I think, but it doesn't not. generate enough interest for me. Now, granted, if they're slamming the ball around and playing at a at a rate, it, it, really the WNBA, and I, and I've said this before, and I said it when I was over in Phoenix, is really simple. You want to learn the fundamentals of basketball? Go to a WNBA game. I'm going to tell you right now, fundamental basketball is played in the WNBA. And I, for one, can get into that. But if it takes me 45 minutes and the cheapest ticket for me to get in the door is 30 bucks, which, by the way, I, I, just, I, can't, I can't buy that. I can't buy that. Right. Especially when I can go to an indoor football game for 15 bucks and, and take the same amount of time. So, you know, it's kind of like one of those things. And I heard the women saying they wanted to be paid as well as the men. All I can say is if you you can sell that ticket, then demanding that kind of salary, you you deserve it. Um, But, 
if you're not going to be able to sell the ticket and you have three girls on that team making making ten times more than anybody else on the team and you're not selling the ticket, that'll go away really quick. So if they can figure out how to sell the ticket, I'm all for it. But I don't know if they can. Yeah, I wonder that myself. Yeah, so it's, it, it's interesting. I, I mean, because I do. I mean, literally, I was on a train going to WNB games in, in, in uh, Arizona, uh, or a 20-minute drive, max. And it was an easy drive, too. And here in Dallas, for me to get there, i got to go through Dallas, okay? I live on the east side. you got to get to the west side to get over to the Dallas Wings. And believe me, driving downtown in Dallas it makes me cringe every time just thinking about it, even for an indoor wow. football game. And that one's tough, so I'm glad they're close enough to where that's not a problem. So, um you know, and uh, I got a fan, uh, Todd Menz, he's a fan of WNBA. I do, I love WNBA, but here's the thing. I do watch it. I watch it on YouTube. It's on the YouTube channels, and, and I do yes. watch it. So, you know, it is. Will I watch it? Yes. But the problem with it being yeah, on so YouTube, there's no revenue for it. So that's another problem. Yeah. So. What a shame. And, and as as much as Todd's making a statement, this is up tempo. Listen, then the, the game has changed. I have not been, to, uh, so I have to admittedly tell you, I have not been to a WNBA game in seven years. So, but before that, and when I was in Phoenix watching the Phoenix, the, let me tell you something. It was slow, and the Texas Legend, who are the G League, which is the developmental league, the D League. Yes. So, oh, that reminds me. Ten times faster. What do you make about a? Um, there was a there was a player who was on that G League team uh, in Detroit, and he collapsed and died on his, uh, during a playoff game. And his mother is going to sue the um, the G League, the NBA, and the Detroit Pistons over his death claim was negligence. Look, I'm sorry that your son lost his life in the game, but I don't see how suing the league is going to help you. Well, the, well, I the mother, the G League player, the player, no, this, this I, listen, and I hate to say this, 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 this is a horrible story. Of course, it didn't make national news. I knew about it. Yeah. Okay? And, and it, it didn't make national news, but that, that's exactly what's going on. A mother of a G League player, a player collapsed. Okay, um, and his name is, uh, gosh, what was it? He had a country name. Um. Yeah. It, 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 whatever. He had a country. It's Zeke. Zeke was his first name. I remember that. But th- this, Zeke kid, this kid Upshaw. collapsed in a game um, uh, during during the game, and this was back sometime in March. I remember this, and then he died March two 24th. days later. Yeah. So he he died he died a couple of days later. But now they have a lawsuit that alleges, if I'm not mistaken, it's telling them that the 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 medical personnel. They failed to uh, attempt the life-saving measures or something like that. That's the part I read. It was it was back in March, so I'm lucky to remember what happened yesterday, more so than yeah. anything. So, but to me, when I look at this, I see it as such a huge tragedy. But what I see it, and and I hate feeling this way, but I'm going to say it anyway because I do it anyway. I don't care if it offends someone. This is a family looking to get money, and I am I, mm, I'm maybe you're offended. right. I am offended at this lawsuit, and I'm going to tell you the reason why. This young man was living his dream, okay? 
And mm-hmm. and if you ask this young man, I'm going to tell you right now, if you ask this young man, would he give his life for that sport? This young man would give his life for the sport. And that's what ended yes. up happening here. Okay. And it takes away the, I think it takes away from the success of what this is all about and what it meant to the player as the family, and rightfully so, is mourning over a certain thing. But those medical profession, professionals that are there, those are doctors, okay? So these are unforeseen circumstances that happened at that game that had this happen. And when, when I heard about it, I was deeply offended by the family members that are suing the league. I really am. Yeah, because, you know, I mean, I understand you're grieving, but you don't go out and sue the league because of that. Yeah, especially after this young man, all that young man ever wanted to do is to be an NBA star. And I know that's yeah. what it was, because that's what all of them want to be. They, they don't necessarily want to be the next LeBron, but they want to they want to play the game that they love on a professional level. Hell, who don't? It's like me with this. And, it's like me with this. Yeah. I'm doing my dream by doing the podcasting thing. I'm not going to be another Casey Kasem, rest his soul, but, yes. you know, I'm doing what I want to do. And and the funny thing about this is the only reason why I know about this story is because it was Illinois State, and one of the players that I called basketball for in Rowlett, Texas, actually went to Indiana, uh, Illinois State for a while um, before he transferred. Oh. Um, so so it's the reason why it kind of it, it clicked up because I have Illinois State on my uh, news feed and it popped up and I was like, what is this? And I read it. And uh, right. so it, it was definitely a shock. And I, yes. I feel, so, and I, I feel for the family. I, and I get where they're coming from, but I think going this far with it, I think is out of line. Now, I don't know. Are they continuing with that? Have they, have they backed off of this? Uh, at last, that you know at of? last check, you're still with it. Oh, that that's too bad. What you know? Yes. What I'm gonna, I'm going to look more into that story and this this show we don't do a lot of research on, but I will do right. the research on this. I will get that and find out what this is all about because that is an interesting story. I'm glad you brought that up. That's interesting talk and it's interesting yeah. things that are going on. And I do. I feel and I love I love me some Die my birthday, I love too. me some Texas legend basketball. I really do. Yeah, died on my birthday actually. <laughs> Great! Wow! Wow! Jeez! Yeah. Uh, it was March twenty sixth. Yeah, that, that, that was a bad story. Zeke Upshaw. That was his name. Yeah. Upshaw. That's what I said. Yeah. Yep. So. Yeah. Zeke. Anyway, yeah. but bad bad story. Wish wish it never happened. Oh, I know. Yeah, and, no. and another another one. Um, Another kid got collapsed uh, during a Nike tournament uh, over this past week. I forget his name, but that's what happened. I did not was, hear that one. Yeah, it just happened a few days ago. It was a Nike-sponsored tournament. Wow. Oh, the Nike Tournament of Champions is probably what it was. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, if you have that kind of a condition, should you be playing anyway? I mean, the kid suffered through seizures and whatnot. Yeah, and all these coaches know that they that these kids uh, have a problem. Listen, that kid would have signed a waiver to play. Mm. I believe it. I believe it. The, the kid would have signed. A, listen, just because you have seizures doesn't mean that you need to be you, you need to be slowed down. 
If you want to sign that liability over, that kid would have done it. I believe it. I, I, I don't know. I just, mm, yeah. When I think about players and I think about, listen, that Nike, by the way, Nike does a great job on a lot of things. One of oh, them no would be this, yeah, this Nike tournament. And really, in reality, the, the Nike, Nike in reality is the minor league for golf as well. They have the Nike tournament for the golfing That's for the true, golfers yeah. for them to yeah. So, so Nike does a lot of great things, you know. But obviously, they're about the money. But in the reality of the set, it puts on a show. It puts on a showcase for these young kids that want to get recognized, that want to get seen. And I know someone right now who is in that Nike Tournament of Champions as well. A couple of players oh. that played in Rowlett are in there. So, I, you know, those, those kind of things are to bring showcases right before the draft, and that's what you're getting there. And, and it's too bad that happened. I did not hear about that, though. That's a sad story. Yeah, well, it happened, I think, uh, I got the report on Thursday. That that it is. It's one of those. It's one of those stories you never really, you, you never really want to hear, or never even no. want to ever see. Um, you know, on any level, regardless of what sport it is. You know, and no. I, I think I just figured out just as we were talking, why yep. Sonny Clark? Because I'm going to tell you right now, one of one of my favorite things to do around here, people don't even know. So I'm actually going to put it out there on what I do. I actually <laughs> go to volleyball games. On the college oh. level, at the and I want to tell you, and it's not because I can watch young girls play. I'm going to tell you right now, some of these young girls can knock the hell out of a volleyball that would give me brain damage for life if they spiked it and it hit me in the head. Um, the athleticism of what volleyball. Listen, I I'd watch a professional volleyball game probably before I would watch the NBA, uh, WNBA. I, if there right. was a professional volleyball team, I, I'd actually go to that. I'd buy the ticket. And there's another reason why I'd buy that ticket, because that ticket wouldn't be very much. So there's a lot that, that, that I look at. it. It's got to be cost-effective for me to, to do something like that. But it also has to be – when I lived in Arizona, down in Tempe, I used to go watch the, the, um, the Sun Devils uh, volleyball team. Uh, you know, whenever they were in town, I, I loved – to go catch those games, and it's brilliant um, because it was 20 minutes away. It was a $10 bill to get into the thing, and also uh, gymnastics. Uh, they, they had gymnastics uh, at uh, ASU. I used to go watch g- gymnastics, and yeah, it's really amazing what you can get for a 10 bucks in order to be entertained. Now, I am a guy who don't mind going to sporting events by myself. It doesn't hurt my feelings that no one's with me. Um, so I, I really do and going that so and uh, so good stuff. Anything else? What, what else are you on your mind? Um, well, that, that's that's about it for now. I mean, I'm going to be having dinner soon anyway, so now's a good time. You got so it. So wrap up. I, I've been so, looking. I've been looking for the show, you know, but every time I go to the listening to blog talk, I can't seem to find you guys. So uh, that's why. Well, I hold on, much. hold on, hold on. Before you go, are you on Facebook? Yes, I am. What's what, do me? I was I don't even know how to type it. But look for me, Sonny Clark. I'm the bald guy. Okay. Um, yeah. And, and it's Sonny. It's spelled S O N N Y. 
right. and Clark, the regular spelling. And I have a CIF logo in my backdrop, and I'm the bald guy with the, with the goatee. Send me a request, and I'll I'll hit uh, I, I'll friend you. You can always see it because I always put it on the I put it on my I put it on mine before I put it on my couch potato sports show Facebook page. I don't even <laughs> I don't even do that hardly anymore. It's just one is enough. I, I think I'm at the age where one. One social media is enough. If you can't find me that way, forget it. We don't care. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I'm on, five, I'm, on five, I'm on five different, um, you know, uh, pages. You know, I because I do a lot of uh, reporting for um, other sites as well as as well as my own. Got it. So yeah, yeah if you on, send me a friend request, I always put it up on there. I'll you do that. And yeah, and and uh, I, I put it up on mine. I got I put it up on mine right now. So. Um, but oh, wait, Sonny, where are you located well, again? You're, you're, you're located where? Texas, you said? I'm in the Dallas area. I'm 30 miles Dallas. just okay, east good. of Dallas, you know, in, in okay. a little town called Rowlett. So I've heard um, of it. I've been to Dallas. Yep. Yeah, they had so the, anyway, uh, um, or the tornado the day after Christmas uh, a couple years back. Oh, yeah. So you made national so anyway, news on um, that as well. I have a I have a show on Saturday nights, uh, actually, that um, you can call into. Uh, um, you know, it's a... Uh, Five o'clock your time, six o'clock my time, and uh, what is you know, it? we do it. Um, it's on Saturday nights. It's called the Enhanced Sports Show. Uh, you might. Hold on. I don't know if you're familiar with it. I gotta find it because I, I'll listen to. I'll listen, I love Blog Talk Radio. Yeah, uh, but I, I like listening. I like listening to people who can run a show and kind of keep it going instead of boring me to sleep, which a, a lot of them I get. What's the name of the show again? The Enhanced Sports Show. Uh, we're on six to eight in the east, five to seven your time. Uh, the number is nine two nine four seven seven three six eight eight, and we handle almost uh, everything in the world of sports. So there it is. I got it right here. Enhanced sports. I'm looking. In, I'm looking at your first one. Your first show was three months ago. No, that's a little bit. I got. I think I got updated a bit. I just did a show uh, last last night. I got updated. Okay. Well, no, no, no. I just happened to. So, so when did you start doing it? Um, you mean hosting or in Blog Talk altogether? On Blog Talk, I, I, on Blog Talk, when you made your way over. I started two and a half years ago. Um, completely a freak. Uh, I don't know how I got there, but one person asked me to join um, to be a part of her show um, uh, one day back in March of 2016. Uh-huh. They must have read my post or something. That's how I got discovered. So I got on the show. I figured, okay, this will be a good laugh for 15 minutes of fame, and then uh, bye-bye so long, uh, farewell. But little yeah. did I know is they had me on as a regular. Uh, then they got me as, um, you know, uh, like a partnership, and then to take over um, you know, co-hosting duties. And when the, when the person was out, they asked me to fill in. And uh, now that she has been uh, out for quite a while, uh, due to health problems, um, the the big shots of the network uh, asked me, "Hey, you want you want to take over for a while? Like uh, me? Sure, I'll I'll do it." So since um, since January, regularly I've been I've been hosting, but I've substituted since October of that. Ah, but I've it. been involved with I've been involved with the block um, profession, um, yeah, nationally for now over two years. I started awesome. uh, locally five years ago. In the sports zone 
Sports Radio. I'm actually found it, and I'm following it now. So I'm, I'm always looking for a good show to listen to. Some of them I just can't hack it. Um, so I'll, I'll definitely give you a listen because at work I like to get through my work day by listening to some of it. So I'll, I'll definitely well, look, give I'm it no, a look. Look, I'm no Vince Scully or Brett Musburger, but, you know, I try to I do my own little stick. Listen, we've been doing this on Blog Talk Radio since 2009. We're coming up on our 10th year in February. Um, right. Long. Wow. We've been, and we don't, we don't care if we, if we only entertain ourselves. So that's the reason why it's been on. Because if it had to do with popularity, it probably would not make it for very long. So that's, right. the, you know, that, that's where we're at. But good stuff. Uh, and check it out. It's called Enhanced Sports. Uh, it's over on Blog Talk Radio. Give him a uh, look. His name. And actually, I got your name here. How do you, how do you say your last name? Tenor. It's, it's Italian. Tenor. T-E-N-O-R. That last E is silent. It throws everybody ah. off. You're not alone. Okay, good, because I, I'm completely lost. And you're from Roseland, New Jersey, right? Correct. I just added yeah. you as a friend. I found you. So, um, Thank you, re- reply. Yeah, so I found you because I want to be able to watch for you. Good to talk to you. For, you the, record, for the record, um, it's 20 minutes outside of Newark, New Jersey. Got it. Got it. Would you happen to know a guy by the name of Lenny Melnick by any chance? Um, no, I don't think that's a ring a bell. Sorry. Okay, very well. You either know him or you don't. That's the way. <laughs> I'm, not, I, I'm asking if you knew him because he's from the area, not more so than I'm asking for, hey, do you know a guy by the name of Paul that lives there? If you know Lenny Melnick, he's the godfather of sports radio. Uh, Godfather of Fantasy Sports Radio. Sorry about that. And oh, yeah. uh, he's he's been on there for a long time. So good stuff. Fantasy. And Louis, oh, you're yeah. always welcome on the show anytime. Okay. Thanks. For the record, fantasy, I suck. Huh? For the record, I suck at fantasy sports. I really do. I oh, tried it. I, I, I bombed used to be good. miserably. Miserably. I used to be good. I used to win them in the old days. Now they, they, they bring so much into it, I can't keep up with things. <laughs> I mean, give me, give me so. it simple. Just do like, you know, you pick a team that's going to win by lose. You say, like, between the, the Jets and the Raiders, uh, like, they're, they're fair by seven. You want to take the favorite, you want to take the underdog. Make it simple. Come on. Yes, I agree. Go back to the good old days. Much, yeah. I, I, I'm back in the days where you had to look in the papers to get the sport, to get the stats. In order to do it, so you know that the paper now, that. now everything's so computerized. I don't even have to think. You know, didn't even have to do it like that anymore. <laughs> yeah. All right, All right my so, man. Yeah, thanks a lot. Oh, I appreciate you giving us a call in. Everybody's welcome to give us a call three four seven two one five. Seven day four ninety seven. That's the number to get in online on the Couch Potato Sports Show. Get on over to Enhanced. Uh, I'm going to give it a listen. I didn't even realize he had one on uh, the show, so give, give him a look. Oh, thanks a lot. That way. Yeah, I, I no, I because I, I've given up almost listening to any shows on Blog Talk Radio because there's. Yeah. I mean, I, listen, I don't think I'm the best by any stretch. I'm horrible, but you got to be at least. You sure heard me my first time. At least as good as me. <laughs> you sure heard me my first time. I was a wreck. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Mine. Mine was a comedy show. Uh, it was definitely oh. a comedy show. So, all right, my hey, man, you have a good one. We're going to take a quick break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show, pay a couple of bills here. When we come back, we're going to get into the NFL news that's going on. We got about 
Uh, we got about 30 more minutes after we come back from break. You're listening to that being said. It's our Sunday morning tradition. Continuing on Sunday morning, we'll be back here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. See you. This is Sonny Clark, Radio Voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about Perfection Body Sculpting. Are you tired of seeing those love handles? Or do you just want to change your own image of yourself for a new you? Make sure you check into Perfection Body Sculpting, located in the heart of Rowlett. A $69 consultation includes a 30-minute session of Laser Lipo. So start the New Year's off with a new amazing special from Perfection Body Sculpting. And remember, your goals are our highest priority. Contact 214-735-8519 or visit them on the web at www.perfectionsbodysculpt.com. At Regal and Rustic Estate Sales, let us take the burden out of hosting, staging, and cleaning of your estate sale or liquidation. We will provide reliable, friendly service with an experienced crew. We have an excellent reputation for professionalism with exceptional customer service and knowledge. We understand that staging and drawing attention to your sale is key. Most importantly, we listen to our customers' needs and pay attention to detail. That is what separates us from other local estate sales and companies as we truly care about your presentation, property, and belongings. That's Rego and Rustic Estate Sales. Contact Renee Sheffield at 972-861-0231 or check us out on the web at regalandrustic.com. Don't just call any heating and air conditioning repairman. Call an expert. At Stevenson's Heating and Air Conditioning, we are your experts. Whether it's a seasonal maintenance that keeps your system running at a peak efficiency or a complete replacement of your system, Stevenson's Heating and Air Conditioning does it all. Common Sense Solutions for your home comfort. Stevenson's, where quality is our standard, not our goal. Give them a call at 972-475-3227 or check them out on the web at stevensonshvac.com. Let Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors help you restore your home to its like-new condition. Need a contractor? Let us be your first stop as well as your last. We specialize in everything that others don't, such as stained concrete floors, wood spot repairs on doors and floors, stainless steel spot repairs, anti-slip on floors, and more. Want to see what kind of work we do? Check out our Facebook page and you can see the craftsmanship you'll receive and expect from Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors. Give Rodney James a call at 214-536-2607. That's 214-536-2607. Or check him out on the web at www.buffalocreekdoorsandfloors.com. At Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience, so roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors. Proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast.
Unpleasant surprises can be annoying, but sometimes they can be devastating. If your retirement plan is vulnerable to unpleasant surprises, you do have a choice. There are strategies that can help ensure any surprise is a welcome one and reduce the threats to your retirement. Nest Egg Wealth Advisors specialize in helping protect your portfolio from unpleasant surprises. Visit nesteggadvice.com or give them a call at 972-412-6064 to request a guide to your nice, predictable retirement. Welcome back into the Couch Potato Sports Show. It is me, Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio as we are here on our Sunday Sunday morning tradition. It continues here into our ninth season. Good stuff. Let's take a look at some of the news that is going on in the NFL. And listen, I'm going to tell you right now, there are certain guys that you don't want to get hurt. And I say this because there is a guy for the Green Bay Packers that unfortunately did get hurt. So the question will be, how will it affect? I'm talking about Green Bay Packers linebacker Clay Matthew. He needs surgeries on his nose after getting hit with a line drive in a charity softball game. So hopefully he can come back from this and it won't affect it. Hopefully there's no concussion syndrome. Clay Matthews getting a little bit older as well. Now, granted, we're joking a little bit here as far as that's concerned. But, boy, I'm going to tell you right now, some of these charity events, you know, these NFL players, they have to be careful. I'm going to tell you right now, I've been been to some of them. We've had some down here. It started with uh, Mike Madonna. Um, now it was taken over by Dirk Nervinsky. Uh, it's called the Heroes uh, Softball uh, Game. Uh, actually, this one's baseball. And they play for real, dude. They they, they want to win. And uh, it, we actually did a show live from that, and I was actually in the dugout talking to players and stuff. It was really cool. Uh, but those charity games – they get heated, and, it's, and that, those games are about pride. Now, granted, they're not going to give 100, percent you know, 150 percent out there out on the football or baseball field or those charity events. But there, there's heated, there's heated, heated competition. A lot of times, when you when you go to one of those things, so it just depends on which one you go to, and whether or not they're there. So Clay Matthews, hopefully, he's okay. He got drilled with a line drive. So hopefully he is okay. That, that, that's the only thing you can do is hope that, that he's all right and everything is good. So look out for that as far as Clay, uh, as far as, uh, Clay Matthews is concerned. Now, another story that's coming on in the NFL, and there's a big-time story here because this one here I think is going to affect what's going to happen out on the football field. And what I mean by that is there are certain guys – that, you know, teams are expecting stuff from. So I think the fact that Victor Bolden has been suspended for the first four games for the San Francisco 49ers makes a big difference. Now, granted, we're not, we're not talking about a guy that, you know, creates huge stats, you know, but I think he has the potential. And depending upon where things were as far as Jimmy G and him 
getting together and getting all set and ready to go, okay, this could be something that's big. The 49ers, I think, out of all the teams in the NFL right now, they are a team that actually, I think, and I could be wrong, have expectations of good things. And that obviously started with the leader on the offense, that's Jimmy G, the guy they got for nothing. And not only that, improved their chances to being good this next year. So the fact that this Jimmy G doesn't have the opportunity for the first four games to develop some kind of chemistry with this young cat, I think is going to be a big, big story for the season. Now, again, this is not a guy that is going to run down the field, get you 1,000 yards and tw- you know, eight, nine touchdowns. This is a guy that I think is one of the guys that they depend upon for a, uh, for a play. We need a big play. Who can we get it to that maybe someone's not expecting? That's what I think this guy's about. But first four games, regular season, violating the NFL's policy on performance-enhancing substances. So they announced that ban on Friday. Uh, He'll be eligible to participate in off-season and preseason games, and he can return to the active roster on October 1st. So Bolden, he comes out and uh, says he, quote-unquote, unknowingly used the substance on the NFL banned list. Uh, takes full responsibility for not verifying the ingredients of the supplement that he would take, that he was taking, and he says he will be better educated in the future. I'm going to put this out here. I mean, we've been on the air for nine years. These young guys like this, they've been living this, and they, they, them not letting the medical staff of their football team know what they're taking. I think there's a reason why if they don't. Now, that's a personal opinion, and it's a very critical way of looking at this. But I'm going to tell you right now, if I was lucky enough to be on an NFL squad knowing what the NFL does before I put anything in my body as far as any kind of supplements, anything, every doctor would know about it. Now, Granted, I'm 51, 52 years old, and no, and want to play by the rules. I honestly believe in my mind, and this is a horrible thinking, and I know it is. But I think he didn't tell someone on purpose. I do. It, it, not in this day and age now. Not in this day and age not to be able to talk to your, your doctors on your team and not tell them there's a reason why he's not telling them. That's just me. When you don't let them know what's going on, that is huge. Eric Wood, released by the Buffalo Bills. He is the veteran center. I, you know, I don't know. But he was diagnosed with neck injuries, though they let him go. I don't know what or if they plan on taking care of this guy afterwards. For many, many years, this guy was right there at the center position for the Buffalo Bills. If you don't know Eric Woods, that means you don't pay attention to the offensive line. People who pay attention to football knows who Eric Wood is, okay? So he went ahead, 
uh, retiring after the Buffalo Bills uh, went ahead and released him. Um, so I don't think the NFL transaction list in reality listed the Bills as reaching a quote-unquote injury settlement and then releasing Woods under the uh, designation of term, uh, termination of, vested, of a vested veteran, which means that they are going to take care of him, but they will not release that in reality. Um, but here's what they did. They had to do that before Thursday because the bills were limited in the effect of the player's remaining bonus that would be on this uh, hit to the salary cap. And that's the reason why they did that before Thursday. Um, and they did that because more than $10 million in bonus money would be owed to Woods. Um, and, and not only that, it would count against the team's salary. Again, I don't know how much they settled up on, and there is not anything. And I've been looking to see if there was something out there that said how much he's going to get paid in that settlement, but he didn't. And, Todd, you're absolutely right. He's one of the most underrated offensive linemen around, and the reason being he plays for the Buffalo Bills, who really the first time they make it to the playoffs last year, and then before that, really, the, the Buffalo Bills have been in oblivion of mediocrity at best. So you're talking about a guy um, that has been a cornerstone of what your football team is. In reality, and that and that one really really hurts. And all you got to do, okay? And I, I don't know, but it just depends on what kind of fandomonium you're 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 about, okay? It depends on what you think about certain players and their value. Because I'm going to tell you right now, if you look at teams, okay, and guys on how much they really affect your team, all you got to do is go to the Cleveland Browns and look at Joe Thomas. Joe Thomas, you you want to talk underrated. That guy did not miss a game. So you you talk about in his career, and then after the injury, the question is, will he be back on the team? He was the fifth player in NFL history to be selected to the Pro Bowl each of his first 10 seasons. And that goes back, guys, that have been in that same, Barry Sanders, Lawrence Taylors, Mel Renfro, Merlin Olson. Okay. These are guys that that are big. And Joe Thomas, I'm going to tell you right now, before he got hurt last year, never missed a single play. Forget the game. He didn't miss one single play, offensive play, in 10 seasons. Out of Wisconsin, so the only reason why I know about him I'm just, I, at the time when he came up, I was kind of a Wisconsin fan. And when he got, I, when he got drafted to the Browns, I felt bad for him. This was before we, this is like the year, uh, if I'm not mistaken, about the year before we jumped on, started doing the show. Never missed a snap in ten years. There are not too many NFL football players that can say that happened until he got hurt this past season. 
And you want to talk about a guy who's definitely underrated, that'd be him. But the, the importance of who he is for a football team like the Cleveland Browns, they need to get him back. So And so they're actually questioning whether or not he'll be back after this injury. I hope that is because that's his decision and not the Cleveland Browns doing something so stupid like bringing it in there. All-American, absolutely at Wisconsin. First ballot Hall of Famer, um, might not get it just because of the team that he plays on, but he should and will be a Hall of Famer. Hopefully, people will not hold it against him that he played on the worst team quite possibly in NFL history. So uh, it's going to be a real, real big decision on what they're going to do with him. And he's probably for the Cleveland Browns. You thought the draft was important? Just the fact what they're going to do with Thomas is actually more important in reality on what they're going to do in the draft. I believe that. So interesting Interestingly enough, they need to they need to sign this guy, and, I'm gonna, they, and I hope it's because he wants to come back. But this, this guy actually had opportunities to go other places, and he didn't. He stayed right there, started every single and played every single snap. You just don't hear that in today's football at any position. Hell, even kickers miss games. So um, Thomas says, and here it is. No matter what, it's going to be his decision because right now he's on a year-to-year play, year-to-year contract. The team says they will take him back, but even if he does return, they are going to put him on a year-to-year kind of contract because of the stage of the career that he's in. Because let's be honest, when you got an offensive lineman that has played every snap for ten years before he just got hurt this past season. Okay, there's a lot of wear and tear on that, and I get the business aspect of it, but at the same time, you got to look at this guy on who he is about and what he brings to that locker room and what he brings is stability. He brings positivity. He brings the ability to play the game. And when you don't have that guy in your locker room and you're a team that you know, didn't win a game, you need this guy. So – and just to be honest, when you look at it, after that injury, the backups, okay, the backups who took over for him, Coleman, he did the best he could, couldn't get the job done. Drango couldn't get the job done week-to-week basis. So, you know, these guys couldn't even carry a guy's 10-year veteranship's job to even play. Now they got Treader, they got Zettler, they also had Detano. So, you know, yeah, there's they're worse players. I think they need to keep them. I think they need to pay him for his loyalty as well. The NFL does it all the time, and they just didn't do it. Question. This is a big one for anybody who's in. If you're a Denver Bronco fan, I know I got one online listening right now. I wonder... Does it matter that Peyton Manning stopped off at practice? And, and maybe it's me. And, 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 and I get it. 
I, I know, first of all, I know who Peyton Manning is. I know who Peyton Manning is. How, does Peyton Manning stopping by a Broncos uh, practice to do some off uh, on the field workouts to try to simplify it? The, 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 the Broncos are trying to quote unquote symbolize the offense for their football. You're in trouble, guys. And and this is actually the most underrated story that has not been talked about this week. Peyton Manning having to stop by and simplify an offense. Now, and this is him getting off the uh, golf course. If I'm not mistaken, he played with Tiger Woods the other day. Sorry, I had to cough there. This is a big story. And, and, and if you're a Bronco fan, you've got to be worried. So, Todd, I'm telling you right now, you need to be worried right now. Because uh, you have a former player coming to simplify your offense. I'm telling you right now, this is not good for the Denver Broncos because they're playing in such a crazy division of football with talent. So I'm just, I I am just completely and utterly confused. So anyway, that, you know, I, I, Todd, you better watch out. I think you got something to actually worry about. I really do. I think I think there's something that you're going to have to say at your quarterback position. Yeah, yeah, there it is. You worried before then, but yes, you have the Oakland Raiders. You got that guy. You have Rivers to worry about, and say whatever you want. Uh, that young cat coming out of Kansas City, he's going to be good. Um, that kid from Texas, I forget his name. But you got to worry about him. You got three other teams in your division that have quarterbacks. And you, as the Denver Broncos, have got to get Peyton Manning in. And, and I'm sorry, to me, with no disrespect to Peyton Manning, this is a rah rah thing. And really, they don't need rah rah. They need someone to go out there. Yeah, Mahomes, thank you. Patrick Mahomes. They don't need a rah rah. You know what they need? They need a guy to play quarterback who don't need to be rah-rah. And when your team at the quarterback position needs to be rah-rah, I haven't looked at this, and we're going to do the breakdown of our divisions right here on this show. But I'm going to tell you right now, as of right now, just that thing alone tells me where I want, where I'm going to pick the Denver Broncos, and Todd ain't going to be happy. The Denver Broncos are in a lot of trouble if you have to bring in Peyton Manning to give you a rah-rah speech and or simplify an offense. Case Keenum, as – listen, this, this guy had a good year last year. Why can't he just bring his own thing in? Why do they have to bring in a rah-rah? Because they think it will help. And, frankly, when a team thinks that a rah-rah session – Will help your team. They're in trouble, huge trouble, and I'm worried about them. I'm worried about Case Keenum being the quarterback before he was last year, and that is what the Denver Broncos cannot afford to happen, especially in the AFC West. 
where you got three quarterbacks in this league that could that that really by all intents and purposes are better than Case Keenum. Even Patrick Mahomes hasn't seen it. At least his potential is better than what they are going to get with Case Keenum. Not only that, they still got Paxton Lynch, who sucks. Trevor Simeon's already proved that he sucks. And I, me, I agree. I agree again with Tim. The guy that they needed was Kirk Cousins, and they dropped the ball in getting him. But they weren't going to pay the money that Kirk Cousins were going to get. And this is what happens. And, and out of all the people that should know this, it should be John Elway being smarter for his football team. Really, who cares if you are the Denver Broncos? How much you're going to pay your quarterback? You'll expect performance, but guess what? They they expect it from Case Keenum. And now they're talking about this quote-unquote terminology of the offense. Listen, I, I ain't buying that crap. I don't think anybody who's somewhat educated on NFL quarterbacks, term and, you know, terminology means nothing. When you go to another team, you learn a new offense, you learn the terminology. I don't even want to hear it. It's an excuse, and that's what it is. And out of all the people, just as I was going to say it, out of all the people, Tim, Tim said it, out of all the people that should be able to find a quarterback, John Elway kind of sucks at trying to find one. Unless he's going to get Peyton Manning. But as far as finding out young talent, listen, they're in a lot of trouble. And out of all the quarterbacks that were available, I, I didn't even think Case Keenum should be in the running there. There are other teams that I think that might have been able to use Case Keenum, but what the Denver Broncos are expecting them to do is take them to the playoffs and maybe get to the AFC Championship game. Not. And it doesn't help that you have Paxton Lynch and Trevor Simeon behind him. So should be really interesting. I, I I honestly believe that the Denver Broncos are going to finish last as of right now. I'm going to break it all down, but, you know, an, an uneducated Sonny Clark on this football team right now, I have them last in this division. And the only problem with that statement there, Tim, about Keenum being in Arizona Arizona needs a Hall of Fame-type quarterback in order for them to be there. That's why they should have done something to get a Phillip Rivers. That's why they should have broke their neck to get some of these other guys that are out there that are seasoned, proven winners. That's what Arizona is all about. Because, folks, they weren't making the playoffs until one Kurt Warner walked in the door. And then Carson Palmer, who is borderline Hall of Fame-type, you need a guy that is experienced and had somewhat success. And listen, the Arizona Cardinals, and I love them. I'm going to tell you right now, the Arizona Cardinals at the quarterback position, I'm, I, I, I'm actually, they should be embarrassed. The Arizona Cardinals need to be embarrassed because before they got Josh Rosen in the draft, 
they were expecting Sam Bradford, Mike Glennon, and a guy by the name of Chad Denoff. And then that even got my my boy in there. I don't know. I don't even know if he's still with the team. Brandon Doughty. If they didn't get Josh Rosen, I think should have been starting for this team. So when the Arizona Cardinals went and got him, I, I knew Brandon Doughty was in a lot of trouble. Um, and, and folks, and the reason why I got some love for Brandon Doughty, just to let you know, is I saw this guy up close and personal at. It, at near the super, it, it was Super Bowl time, so um, they had a skills challenge for rookies, and I worked. I did a day work for for ESPN, and I I went out there and I saw Brandon Dowdy, and I'm going to tell you right now, this guy was the best out of them all, and there were four there, and unfortunately, spending a lot of time in reality on practice squads for Miami, which he should have went in. He should have been the starter, in, you know, in reality, than uh, uh, Jay Cutler. This is a young cat that out of Western Kentucky, okay, granted, not the big school, but he's got an arm that's unbelievable. Not only that, he's very, very accurate deep down the field, but could not get past the fact of what they got going on down there. You get Jay Cutler and, and – He's replacing their franchise quarterback. He didn't get any chance to in the games that didn't matter. They should have brought him up. They didn't. And that, so no one knows what this guy can maybe do. So I'm going to tell you right now, Brandon Dowdy, probably a guy should be, it should be on an NFL squad somewhere, at least challenging. And this guy's not even going to challenge for the starting role in Arizona. So that that's that's huge. I don't know. Looking at some other news out there, Kirk Cousins, who is up in Minnesota. I'm not, I'm not a fan of this pick by Minnesota. However, it's obvious to me when you look at the Vikings. This is a football team that's going to let their defense do the talking, and maybe Kirk Cousins can do a little walking. Because let's be honest. Okay, Kirk Cousins, okay, isn't the best out there and not even close to the money that he gets. But look what he did with nobody. And look at his stats with nobody to throw to. Now they got a couple of people to throw to, but this is one of those cases. And I talked about it a couple of weeks ago. I'm worried about a guy like Kirk Cousins now expecting to lead an offense. Because when you were looking at Washington and you seen the personnel, the expectations couldn't have been high. Now when you go to Minnesota and know what they are doing, the expectations become high. So that's going to be huge, huge stuff. So watch out for that. That one's going to be huge. So... Please drop charges against that Cardinals rookie. Kirk, you know, listen, Arizona Cardinals have got a lot of problems anyway, but the last thing they needed was their second-round draft pick, Christian Kirk, getting arrested for disorderly conduct and property damage, okay? It's the last thing the Arizona Cardinals – Arizona Cardinals got a lot to worry about. This is one of the last things they need to worry about is some kid coming out and doing whatever. By the way, 
here's what here, here's what I'm going to tell you, and this is what I know. I'm not speculating. When you get pulled over, or you have an encounter with a Scottsdale Police Department, you better not be drunk. And if you are drunk, you better figure out very quickly about respect. And I'll leave it at that. Another okay, I'll say it. In other words, the next police meeting could come from Scottsdale. Anyway, some stuff over there as far as that's concerned. Brandon Marshall signs with the Seahawks. I don't know. Thirty-four years old on the on side of forty. Who knows? San Diego. They got some. They got some stuff. Philip Rivers wants Antonio Gates back. Too many knee injuries. I don't think management's going to fall for it. But Rivers is asking, let's bring him on. Let's bring him on. He can't be any worse than anybody else. Huge, huge stuff. Terrell Owens is in the news for possibly making a comeback at 44 years old. Okay? And and we have a soundbite. Okay? And if you listen to the show, you know Sonny Clark. Talent-wise. Loves. I love me some Terrell Owens. Can we talk? But we got to talk here. Terrell Owens is 44 years old. Okay, if he couldn't make it on the Allen Wranglers, okay, and without being an idiot or being stupid, how the hell do you expect him to be a guy at the NFL and he wants to make a comeback after the Hall of Fame? I mean, come on. And you expect to be good? Blasphemy! The blasphemy! Yes. It's blasphemy. Terrell Owens has... No Listen, listen. If Colin Kaepernick can't get on a football team, what makes you think? In my, in my best Stephen A. Smith. What makes you think that you could go out and be productive as a wide receiver in the National Football League? All I got to say, in reality... To that kind of statement. To that kind blasphemy. of statement. Blasphemy! The blasphemy! It, it, it's blasphemy! Anyway. I didn't think I'd make it three hours on the show today. I don't know. I, I, that, that, it, right after the games, I stayed up for an hour, went to sleep, woke up at 9 o'clock. I got, I got 10 hours of sleep, and I'm feeling good. But that's going to do it for us today on the Couch Potato Sports Show. Three hours. Join us next week as my Wookiee is back. Not rookie. My Wookiee is back. Cuervo will join us next week on the Couch Potato Sports Show. It is that being said. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. We'll catch you next time. And be ready for it because Cuervo is going to come hot and heavy and bring and and, and he's going to bring it. That's just what he does. So everybody, we're out here, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye.